Mouth Breather. All right. Welcome, listeners, to the Mouth Breather podcast. It is the start of the spooky season. My name is Jim. And I'm Mal. And we have a. I'm Mike. And this is Mike, my buddy. Mike uh, turned to Chapter 14, Lochran, is what we always call him. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'm known for. For, that. for chapter 14 <laughs> the infamous chapter 14 no but today on the podcast we're gonna be talking about um writing um kind of more of like in the scary aspect because halloween is around the corner be talking about kind of just like spooky stuff and also just some just some fun we're gonna be shooting shit we're gonna be just shooting shit like i feel like i'm trying to sell this that this is a good idea to like mike right now and be like it, we're just gonna have fun we're just gonna have we fun. are yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. You're not like you don't regret coming, right? Yeah. Like, no. It's going to be fucking fun. I You're did... like Chevy Chase at the end of Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah. I did it's tempt like, oh, you. Oh, no. We're in this together. <laughs> I did tempt you with, I'm like, I bought rum, Mike. You have to come now. Um, no, but Mike, thank you so much for coming on. This is gonna be Thanks su- for having me. Yeah, this is going to be super fun. Um, but yeah, so like first things first, uh, before we started, we're just kind of chit-chatting, just kind of warming up everything, mm. having a couple cocktails. And we're, I think we just start out, um, it's looking a little cosmic-y in here. And I think, uh, Mel, you're, so we're talking about how Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd, Ac- Dan Asteroid, um, is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably love he that. He would love that. Uh, he, I didn't know this. Uh, he has I like, don't know him personally. I just read that... No, but like he's not you, like my uncle or anything. That, oh my god, that'd be so sick. Uncle Dan, Uncle A. Can I, I would love that. Uncle Dan Aykroyd. Oh, it'd be so much fun. I'd I be know. like, do Julia Child. Can we be kissing uh, uncle <laughs> and nephew, please? Uh, but that'd be what I would say. Um, but so, what's his connection with uh, extraterrestrials? We're just gonna hop into it with aliens. Um. So- well, yeah, because well, it started because I was talking about a book that I'm reading called um contact and it's like about like john mack um who is the guy who like uh people that were like abducted by aliens or like allegedly abducted by allegedly they um he was kind of like the first like accredited like dude to talk to them and to like compile their experiences. So that's kind of what the book is about. It's like a little dated, but um I was kind of googling some of the stuff in it and I came across like Jan like like Jan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd's sister. No. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, I, I was like, well, are you serious? He, she, no. <laughs> you could definitely tell he was born first. <laughs> Dan and Jan. Dan and Stan um, and Fran. And we're done with and that. And I think that's okay, about that's it. That's as yeah. far as you can go. That bit is dumb. Um, so anyway, uh, we were like, so he, um, there's, he's like really into aliens, I guess. And like a bunch of other things. We kind of talked about that too. But yeah. he had this um, show that was supposed to go for the sci-fi channel. I thought it was History Channel. Or is it sci-fi? sci-fi. Oh, it was sci-fi. Name. And that, okay. that's actually significant because... Um, well, sci-fi, I guess I'll get, I'll get to that. Point. Sci-fi it has hit programs like uh, Sharknado, 
um, Chucky. Hey, some uh, shit on sci-fi is not that bad. We're not going to fucking I do sandbag like sci-fi. sci-fi. I do like sci-fi. Did they have like a Wizard of Oz show with Zoe Deschanel or something like that? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Did you just kick the table? I did. Not on purpose. <laughs> he hates Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I told that- you, don't say the Z word. Fuck that elf movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that elf movie. <laughs> she was married to the lead guy from Death Cab for Cutie, who wrote I'll Follow You Into the Dark. And was it now about she's, her? Now she's dating a property brother. So, oh. you know, <laughs> yeah, things I'll, go real well. I'll follow you into this deep, dark basement that's selling in this house for 40000 100000 I was going to say 40000 I wish yeah. it was $40,000. Anyway. She, it's like the show Love It or List It, but she like. Listed just, or List It. Just, she just listed it. She just. She, if she chose Ben Gibbard, it'd be Love It. But more she like chose she, List It. It like foreclosed. Like it, like, <laughs> Whoa! Um, foreclosed on love. So any oh. anyway, um, <laughs> they. So he had. Show. That'd be good. He had this show on sci-fi that was like greenlit to go and they started working on it and they actually did like like a bunch of episodes of it and it wasn't actually it wasn't just about aliens like that was a part of it but it was about a lot of other stuff too like it they talked about bigfoot and like certain cryptids and i apparently it was like an all-encompassing show about like conspiracy theories and it was called out there and it wasn't like a research show like it was like an interview show um and then i guess one day it just got shut down like out of the blue like and not like he kind of talked about it where he's like that that can happen but it's not likely to happen this late in the game once you already have the funding and you're already doing it. And then, and he talked about the day that it happened that he was outside his hotel smoking a cigarette and across the street there were these dudes in suits and they were kind of just eyeing him. And then he looked away and he looked back and they were gone, which like the logical aspect of my brain is like, well, yeah, asshole, they pulled down the street and left. (laughs) But Dan Aykroyd was like, <laughs> no, Dan aliens. Aykroyd was like, no, it's the men in black. Fucking aliens, But there dude. are, there. I don't know, apparently, like, there are people that are like, no, there's, like, hotel footage. Like, you can see them going in. Yeah. And then maybe there's, like, a like, timeline of, like, these things being canceled. and um, Maybe they're just like, hey, is that Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> right? They're like, hey, it's Zelensky, the auto parts king. Oh, like, my God. He looks like a nice guy. Now, like... It sounds like an X Files episode. Though. It does, like, and, and like it's like Dan Aykroyd should have guessed it on the X Files, but he would play himself. Yeah, like totally. Maybe they tried to do that, but he refused because he was like, "No, your show's not accurate enough for Dan Aykroyd." I mean, like accurate enough for hashtag accurate enough for Aykroyd. He's pretty obsessed with the aliens, though. Like his vodka is the isn't it like oh, Crystal yeah, it comes Skull? The skull. Vodka? I've heard it's good vodka. Actually, we, so have we I. Should have gotten it. I should have gotten it. I saw it. I don't like vodka. So I don't, I don't like vodka it. either. It's supposed to be. Well, but I also, I do, fun, dude, like, I guess I know a lot about Dan Aykroyd. I didn't know that until You're just like now expert. in this moment where I'm like, well, apparently it's because he's allergic to um, gluten. No. Oh, God. What are they called? Like trip, trip, triptoids or what are the trip? No. What are the things? Trip, terpenes. 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 That's it. Terpenes. I, I was about that. to say, like, they're in weed. 
Yeah, but um, say I learned that on the weed episode. He's we allergic did. to them, and a lot of like vodka has like flavor packs that are in. That makes it not gluten. So it's funny because Tito's is like we're gluten free, and it's like hey, I mean, good for them because they actually um, were the first people to be like, hey, we're gluten free vodka. But as long as it's not flavored with anything, all vodka is gluten free. I was going to say. But I they were the first people to be like, we're gluten free. So now Tito's is like. on the Well, map. that's like a box of mac and cheese that has a vegetarian thing on it. It's like. Oh. No, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> what? This isn't cheese, actually? It's like, no, it's no, <laughs> no, fucker. It's not. It's powdered. Uh, <laughs> this magic fairy does it, this in cheese. <laughs> this, this kid crack is not cheese. <laughs> um, No, but like. So, so really quick, uh, Mike, I'm curious, like, what is, like, your take on, like, aliens and stuff? Oh, like, they're real. I don't know. They that, have to be. I don't know that we've been visited by them yeah, or anything know. like that, but they're real. Oh, like, I'm into it. The universe is just too big that yeah. for them to not be real. So, now, follow up. Like, what is your take on, like, Chupacabra, um, Bigfoot, all that stuff? Like, what is your take on that? Bigfoot is fake, but so like, okay. The so, rest of them, so, like they all, I think they all start out with like, like a grain of truth, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. Like, yeah, but like, how? Can, I think it's really fun to believe that they. Exist. They, I know, but like, what? The big argument is like you believe that aliens are real and like this crazy thing exists, but then like someone's like, "What about Bigfoot?" And you're like, "Ah, well, I don't know about that." They're they're. There is sort of a logical reasoning for that that I could see. That's like, well, we we live on Earth. But you also have like the argument that the universe is so vast that like the probability of a strange creature like Bigfoot landing here does it is probable. It can happen. There oh, are you people, mean like is Bigfoot an alien? Bigfoot might be an alien. I there mean, I think the that, Bigfoot people like admitted that was a a hoax. Guys, like the people who took that photo. <laughs> But there are people, though, that believe that Bigfoot is like an interdimensional being. Uh-huh. I like, like that theory. He's like it. He's like essentially like it. You know. Okay, that theory is better than just Bigfoot living just... in that forest and no one else has seen him since. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's also just been some crazy ones that have actually been proven have to exist. Have you seen, though? And this is like up your alley. But, well, I shouldn't say that. That's going to sound weird with what I'm about to say. But you look into the weird Bigfoot cryptid shit a lot, actually. <laughs> but what I was about to say is, like, have you seen the threads of, like, people being, like, um, I was raped by Bigfoot? So, okay, I was actually going to bring this up. And they're up. all women that are, like, above six feet tall. They're, like, yeah. They're, like, they, tall, they they're all tall type. women. And, like, tall, <laughs> brawny. And I'm, like, I was reading it going... <laughs> Ah shit! Like I can't go into the forest. No. Like I'm a tall. You can't go to Wyoming. Brownie blonde. It's like <laughs> you know you. Ju- Why is just my type playing in the forest like loudly? And you see like, Bigfoot just coming out, and then he just like grabs a woman, runs. Um, but it's like, like <laughs> young Frankenstein. Yeah, he must have had an enormous Schwanstucker. Schwanstucker. Bigfoot's got WNBA yes. like courtside seats. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your wives. <laughs> but there was a scary movie. I got it. I don't remember the name of it. But it, the premise of it was so dumb. It was like these people going. It was like Blair Witch Project found footage. And these people were looking for Bigfoot. 
And like, I'm like, this movie is so dumb, but it has like a lot of good reviews. And the reason why it has so many good reviews because the ending and it's because all the men are killed. And then I don't know where all the, like these big foot esque creatures come for the women and they like heard them. And then like, it turns out like they were used to like procreate other Bigfoot people. I think like, I'd rather be one of the men. Who's I would rather killed. fucking die than be in that position, man or woman or whatever. I'd be like, throw me off a cliff, then get railed by Bigfoot's dick. Um, But that's just me personally. Maybe people like that. Maybe he's a sensual lover. Like he, he found a Marvin Gaye CD like in the woods and he's like, oh, isn't that essentially the premise to the movie Warm Bodies? Pretty like the guy finds like the the zombie. The guy who, yeah, the 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 movie's. Ter- I saw in theaters. He and I regret starts it. listening to who's the guy who sings that song like Marvin I G- ain't missing you. Like oh, I don't know that guy. He finds that album and he listens to it and he starts. The movie's like, terrible. It is terrible. It was so two thousands. It has like it attractive. Hurts people in it well because like we even just watched fright night and we we're like that was you you put that on. well because i remember the one from the 80s and being like this the 80s one was cool here's the one with colin farrell you told me before we watched it this is a good movie well okay no i said the <laughs> 80s one was good like so whatever bigfoot would be more into like country music though, oh totally because of, like he lives in the forest like, like the toby people go yeah he'd be in the toby that Keith. that's probably the music he's used to hearing yeah. so like He'd rather American ride during <laughs> I don't know than Marvin Gaye. Why is there a Confederate flag in Bigfoot's? <laughs> I have a question. I I have a statement. Have you ever seen Toby Keith and Bigfoot in the same place at the same oh. time? Dude, you. I was gonna say this fucking joke later. I've been doing this bit for like a lot of things, but I've been saying. You ever notice that like Nick and Sean Caston are not in the same room at the same time? <laughs> That's the only bit he does. He makes fun of Nick and Sean Castle. I'm just saying, I never seen him in the same room at the same time before. I'm, I'm just saying. That's because Sean's staying away. But from it, all, Nick. it also Hi, came Sean. up. It also came up because I was like, and I'm sorry, Nick. I don't mean to offend you, but like, I we were talking, and I was like, God, I get so many like Sean Caston ads like on my phone. And I'm just, I watch all, all of Nick. them because I'm just waiting for Nick to pop up in the background of one. Like you're in, Vote. I'm like, it's like locked, Sean Caston's like... kitchen and Nick is just dish towel over his shoulder, like scrubbing <laughs> dishes. Like, Hi, honey. For those who don't know, Nick is our friend and he's, he's really pro Sean. And you should be, you should go vote. Everyone should go vote, by the way. Go vote. Go vote. Vote for Sean Caston. But yeah, so... Sorry, uh, Nick. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's, I, I, we I'm, just I'm, fucked it all up. Well, Jimmy just fucked it yeah, all just, up. Uh, per usual, it's fine. Um, no, but like, I don't trust people who are like, you know, I don't really dig, I don't really buy the whole alien thing because that's just like ignorance at its finest. That means like you are not prepared to like look at this very like in your face truth that like that this is going on. You are so contempt. Living in your like white picket fence, Wyoming suburban backcountry world. I had a very weird experience with a Lyft driver once, which was I was coming home from work and I had to take a lift. And I get in this guy's car and he starts driving. And I was so, I was like exhausted from my day at work, which is why like I think I missed some signals before I got into the van. And one of them was that there was just a There's single a... <laughs> seat in this van and I sat in it and then I looked and I'm like, oh, oh both of these back seat 
door handles are ripped off. <laughs> There's also a revving and chainsaw in the oh, back seat. There are bungee cords and, and like a, a rope. And I'm looking and at it and I'm like, You're in the bang bus. <laughs> no, like, I'm, I swear to God, I'm not joking. And this is what I saw. And I was like, Fuck, I'm a, I'm a goner. Like, this is, I've fucked up. And, um, but anyway, he starts like, talking and i was like okay like i'll talk to him and ingratiate myself and be like i have a family please don't kill me um i can't wait to see my sister later is like um, what you're people saying. are gonna be looking for me i love my mommy there should be an <laughs> rv lift where like if you are taking a road trip but you don't want to drive like somebody pulls up in their rv and they drive you the whole way but you're like just chilling in the back. You could use <laughs> like, the kitchen. They could call the bathroom. it. You could call it. Like you got a. That bag. would actually be. That it's would, like a hotel on wheels. That would actually be sick. Like they you, could call you, it hitchhiker. There you go. Yeah, like you have free range of the RV of just, but like they're driving you to Dude, the Grand Canyon. Someone, hang on. There's two of them. It's a long drive. I hate to break this to you. What? You are gonna go missing before you get to your destination. <laughs> yeah. Like you are going, someone is going to Silence of the Lambs your ass. Like so, you are gonna get in an RV with Ed Kemper 2.0. <laughs> like beep, boop boop boop. And it's funny because it's like, you Ed guys Kemper. are guys and don't think like that. And I'm like, I'm most of the time double checking my lift hey, before I get Mike, into it. Hey Mike, we should check our privilege. Um, but but anyway, this dude starts talking about aliens. And how, well, first he's talking about aliens and then simultaneously talking about crypto, which I was like, okay. He's like, you can make millions of dollars if you just invest in this kind of crypto. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell me more about, I don't know. I don't know anything about crypto, but he was like, I was like, tell me more about aliens. And he's like, well, there's a reason why there are all these like social programs of people of different ethnicities and I was like, okay, next. <laughs> Wait, so did he think people of different ethnicities? He thinks that we're all aliens? we're all different species of alien, and that we're like organ harvesters, basically. So like, like we're when people people go missing, and it's because we're like we're like a breeding ground for aliens. We're like to get. pea pods. It's like you know, he took, it's like you want the, you want what's inside us. You want the pea. It sounded very much to me like he took the plot. From like us and like the the matrix, the kind upside of. down and like, um, oh god, I can't remember what that other movie is Describe called. Describe it, but, I, I got you. But basically, like that, he just merged a bunch of plot lines together. But he well, was like, "We're harvesting, we're harvesters for aliens, basically." So, um, no, <laughs> I would be like, I barreled out of that car. Yeah, you should. And I had him drop me off down the block it is so like lived. the fact that like people like that are like trust me i believe in aliens but i also believe in evolution and it is so like we have it down pretty well of like where we came from and you look at like i brought this up uh i can't remember if i brought this up on the podcast or not but like i did think it was interesting the fact that like native americans and a and asian people they both have like this um uh, they, they can't digest alcohol properly. And it's just like scientific. That's not like a racist thing. It's like they, they have something that where they can't digest alcohol properly. And that makes native Americans and Asian people actually like very more closely related than any other um, 
like species of human, which is like crazy because they are so vastly like globally far away from each other. But like that also shows that Pangea was a thing that we all came from Africa across the land bridge. And also imagine being like that summer being like, I'm going to go visit my cousin uh, Sven Gould. And then, like, and you're like, he's just over there. Then, like, the fucking tides came in. You're like, oh, well, I guess uh, I guess I'm Canadian now. You know, like, whatever. But um, that basically just shows that, like, we have, like, we've tracked our evolution like this for a while. So the fact that people are out there being like, no, we're just aliens. of like, or hear me out. We're not. Because that's way more complicated. It, that It's like whenever you hear people say, like, Oh well, there's nothing in nature that's gay, and it's like bonobo chimps like bonobos. Have gay sex oh my all god, the they are like, so gay. Lions are so gay. Dolphins are so gay. Like, and it's great. Like, good for them. And you also like, dude, it's like uh, fucking hor- uh, seahorses, dude. Seahorses, the ones that have the baby. Like, dude, anything's possible. Shut the fuck up. It's all free. Like. J- I don't mean to like rain down in your parade, but just because it doesn't fit with your like heteronormative white Christian ideals of nature. It's like, don't, don't do that. If that's your life, great live it. But but don't be like, there's no such thing as gay lions. I'm like, no, they fuck. And they're loud about it. Well, It's like, there's no, (laughs) there's no such thing as like universal gender role either. Like look at male penguins. Like, yeah, they watch the kid. Well, bringing it back to the alien thing, like, <laughs> um, segues are great. Yeah, it just reminded me of like, whenever I have that alien conversation with people, and I go, like, do you believe in aliens? And they go, no. My follow up is always, do you believe in God? And it's always interesting when there's people who are like, oh yeah, I totally believe in this like your fa- unseen force that controls everything, I but feel not like, aliens. But no, but that goes hand in hand because if there's aliens then that surely means that God doesn't exist. That you're white. Not like, necessarily. No, no, no. I, this is what I mean though. You're, you're like big white dude with a big white beard in the sky. That means he, they're probably like, well, I what do, if he's a big green dude with big black exactly, eyes and a beard, exactly, you know, but, but he has the white beard. He always yeah. has the white beard. He always has the white beard. Couldn't understand that. Like at that point. Yeah. Time. Like I, I'm not doubting that there's a higher power. I personally do think that there is something bigger than us. Cause I just think that's a fun thing and I'm allowed to live my life. However, but do yeah, I, th- I think it's fun to believe in all of it. Yeah, totally. But do I think it's like a a white dude in the clouds? No, I really, I super don't. Like, there's just no way. It, it can't be. I always love saying that God is a black woman because I think that's like, the that would be the best. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Leroy weird. from the South. How about, how about them apples, dude? Um, but no, th- that is actually an interesting way of like going about it, though. Being like, you have like this faith of like this. Uh, of of a higher being, but but believing that there's other people in the universe is is like no, that's not good enough. What if know? God's a cow? That'd be so funny. You get up there and God's like, I've been testing you, and you all failed. <laughs> now milk me. <laughs> like, I am milky white. I am milky white. <laughs> oh, that, we thought we were eating you when we had our cracker, not when we went to McDonald's. I actually made the cows in my image. That's and really you've been funny because wasn't the um. There's, I don't know, my Catholic education is very lapsed at this point, but like 
when the Israelites were wandering the desert and they made a false idol, wasn't it a cow? It was a cow. You know what I don't get about the Israelites is they were all like, we got to get to the land of milk and honey. But Why the fuck? Who you- wants to have milk and, and honey in the desert? The desert, milk and honey in the desert. Who wants that? I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm They're so- like, we're going to manifest the milk. We're going to make an idol of a cow. <laughs> and Moses got so pissed about oh it. God. He goes, no. Get that away. No. Come on. No, God's supposed to look like me. All of the uh, all of the like wise elders in the Bible, they're all depicted the same way. Yeah, like they're all just old guys with the long white beard. I know. You're like, they're, yeah, it's me. They're Gandalf. I, I don't think that's like on accident. I think for thousands and thousands of years, whenever there's a no, it's definitely a, a character. Not on accident. No, there's whenever there's a character that's supposed to be wise, it's always like the wanderer. It's always like. Look at like Odin. He's always depicted as this old man with a big white beard. You look at Odysseus or two crows. Um, That's a fact. Or like Odysseus, like when he when they're like, you're now going to be going back home. And it's like, you're going to be this old man with a white beard. He knows like he it's like he knows something that no one else does. That character is always an old man with a big white beard or every time. Santa or Santa, hold the fuck. They have solid. similar powers, God and Santa. <laughs> they do. They All knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Are we suggesting in the mouth breather podcast that Santa is God? Uh, tune in next week to figure out. Um, there is a movie coming out that I saw a trailer for it. That I'm sorry, Melanie, I'm dragging you to go see. It's called Violent Night. Have you seen a trailer oh, for this? Oh, no. is that? It's like a Santa movie, right? Where it, Santa's at like a bar or something. So Santa, the, the trailer. so a girl is getting like mugged essentially by like terrorists because her, her parents are rich. And she's like, Santa, I need you to help me. And David Harbour plays Santa. Yeah, the Stranger Things guy. That's it. And he's like a badass. Okay, I'll go and see it. There's a bunch of one-liners and there's a bunch of action and a ton of gore. And I'm like, I'm so fucking down for this movie i i can't wait for it I'm is it so like excited. christmas action horror it's crit no it's i think just christmas action no, okay. no horror at all but like i'm so excited i and i know this is supposed to be spooky we're talking about christmas see this is this is america dude well christmas spooky is the best kind of spooky black christmas is a great scary krampus. movie krampus is great but um but anyway so really quick i now, I, I do want to segue. So, Mike, I, I want to talk a little bit about you really quick. Thank you for the alien talk, by the way. That was rad. I, I love those kinds of conversations. Trust me, we're going to have my buddy Sean on. If you like alien talk and, and uh, all that shit, when my buddy Sean is on, that's going to be like the whole yeah, fucking fuck episode. Fuck you, Mike. No, we got, we, got, we, got, we got big fish to fry with Mike. We got, we got a creative. Oh, I don't want to go that far. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm just a simple man in a socks hat. I'm not really... No, but Mike, so you do dabble in writing. Yeah. So I want to know, like, where where did you get your start with, like, writing? Like, kind of like what? So were you always, like, a, like, like an avid reader, even as, like, a kid? Yeah, I've always enjoyed reading um, and just good stories. And so it's just kind of fun to see, like, what kind of stories no, totally. you can come up with on your own. I agree. I, I feel like we all tell a story in our own way and whether you actually – take the time and write it down and structurally put it on paper or like I am way more I, honestly I think that's why like me and you are buds because like I think like I'm way more of an oral kind of dude like I, I love Sorry. oral I love oral so much <laughs> 
normally I can keep it together. No. But, <laughs> but your four a, white claw and, and orange juice is in. Like it's pineapple juice. Oh, sorry, babe. Um, but no, but like, like no, I, I'm a storyteller. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I like it. I love telling a good story. I'm telling the story, but um, I do think that's why we're buds. And like, so I. I think I've read four books my entire life. I hope they were good. They were good. The, some of them were fucking What were fan- they? Um, okay. There was, uh, it was Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and only that one. I read the third one, and then that was it. Did you like Sparknote, the first Well, I saw the movie. I, I saw the movie. So you have to understand, when the first Harry this Potter movie like came out. Oh, Harry Potter, sorry. Oh, my God. Pin me to a cross. I just said Harry Potter. But like. When the first Lord of the Rings movie came out, they I used was... nails on the cross. <laughs> the pen. <laughs> this hurts so much more. Little, little thumbtack. Oh. Wait a minute. That would be like if Jimmy crucified anyone because half of the pictures <laughs> in our house are like, he's like, oh, I'll just take yeah, we'll thumbtack. Thumb and it. I'm like, Thumbt- these are plaster walls. They're not, it's not going to stay. Thumbtack like, it. Fuck it. So anyway, um, but like the first Lord of the Rings came out and I was I was eight. I was young and Lord of the Rings for me when I was eight was a little rough. I read The Hobbit. So that's my second one. I read The Hobbit and it was easier. Then I'm like, oh, I can read Lord of the Rings. But then fucking Tolkien's like turned up the fucking like literary skill to like like another couple of notches. And I it was hard for me to follow um, Fellowship and Two Towers as a child. And then my grandpa bought me Return of the King um, is like a book. And I, I, at that point I was way older. I was like 13 or 14. So I, I could read at that level. Um, so I read Hobbit return of the King. And then I read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which was cool. I read that in high school. I really dug it. And then I read for a class or just on your own. Um, it was for a class, <laughs> but I no, but I did. But here's the thing. If you finish it, it counts. I did finish it, and normally... He's a teacher. He has to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So... Where was I going with? My train of thought is gone. But, like, basically with, like, schoolwork books, like, if if you have to read it, if you don't like it, you'll do the bare men, and you won't really read it. You'll just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So... But I actually read this, and I really dug it. Frankenstein's a tough read, too. I, but luckily, there were, like... I had, like, the one with, like, all, like, the side... I don't know what you call it. With, like... When like all the notes are on the side, oh, guided reading, yeah, guided reading. So like it was easy, easier for me. And then I read a like, oh my god. So then I read like a bunch of shitty ass books. It was like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist because I was obsessed with fucking music and I wanted to be like and Cat Dennings. Oh, dude, Cat Dennings. Oh my god. Oh, Two Broke Girls is horrible. Oh, but she's so hot. Uh, but anyway, um, so Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, and then I read, uh. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, <laughs> which was actually a really good book. <laughs> like I really, I've heard it's good. I actually really enjoy that book because it's it's also historically accurate. So that's actually like a good. That's actually a big reason why I liked it so much is because um, it was like because like Abraham Lincoln and and I believe Edgar Allan Poe they actually like met each other and they were actually tight. Like they were like you're cool. Um, which is funny. And it also kind of like, it also kind of gave like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge that like Abe Lincoln could be gay, which I thought was interesting. I see. I think it's funny. Cause I was like, Oh, Abe Lincoln probably thought that Edgar Allan Poe reminded him of his wife. Cause yeah. they were both so like Cause total despair. All yeah. The time. They're, they're very depressing. She was, oh, dude. My uh, mom once was like, 
someone made a reference to that. And my mom goes, was Abraham Lincoln gay? And I was like, no, he was just a guy who enjoyed sleeping with his bodyguard. And, and she wrestling. goes, oh, okay. Wait, he loved wrestling. What? I didn't know all this about Abe Lincoln. Really? I no, thought, I didn't. Know are that. you not a? I thought you're. I thought you're a history guy. Are Reading you? and ancient history for and the school. White Sox. Yes, and the White Sox. <laughs> I love the White Sox. Um, no, but those are pretty much like the only books I read. I, oh, and I read Thirty Days of Night, so I had five. You but, also read Hairstyles of the Damned. Oh my God! Yes, that which is really funny. That is my favorite book. I'm all, not. Sure, that, that's a great book. All those books you mentioned, I've never read. Um, if you have. What sucks is like, I think we're out of the age range for Hairstyles of the Dam now. It couldn't work today. It could not work. Um, I actually know Joe Menno. I know you He was one of my teachers. Oh my God, I would love it. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I think I was telling you, I was talking to you, wasn't I? Where I was like, you were like, oh, how's your day? This is before we were dating. You're like, something, something. I was like, oh, like I have this paper I'm worried about. And then I got my like remarks back and then so, and i didn't say anything about it either yeah you had me the paper though yeah and it was like to, and it said like to joe menno like at the top yeah and i remember being, I, and i shed a brick joe menno wrote his house of the damned and he's from chicago he mentions brother rice and like it, that's why i really liked it and also it was really heavy influence on punk rock and like the misfits which like when i was like you know Kid. It was that book where the cover was like the kid with headphones and blue hair. Yeah, she. It was, was it nonfiction, or no, it was nonfiction. But like, it was loosely based on what. No, happened it's to him. fiction. No, but he took aspect. He dramatized heavily of what was going on with him. Yes, that like, is fiction. I know that. I I agree. <laughs> I you know. said it was nonfiction twice. Oh, did I say it was, uh, yes. I meant fiction? <laughs> My bad. I would be a terrible librarian. Be like, where's fiction? Uh, uh, history. Over You'd there. get it uh, after your first couple mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome though. Like, and Melanie, I know you're. I mean, clearly, all, so all these books are Mel's. We're in. The I po- figured if you said you read layer. four books, no, Mel is a huge reader. Um, and so, so Mike, actually, I didn't know that you actually wrote. Like, I know that you. It, it's. It sounds like more of like. Is it more of like a hobby, or is it kind of like something that you're. I kind of want to know like your level. If you don't mind me asking, of like, no, it's actually actually a good question because sometimes I don't know. Um, <laughs> I say that too. <laughs> yeah, I like to think like, oh, people are going to read this, but I'm always afraid to let people read it. And so, actually, for the first time a few weeks ago, I um, I wrote something for my students. Um, oh wow! Oh my god! And I was Dude. like, well, bless. Be, like, oh I've never really let anybody read something before. Now I'm going to let 70 kids read it. That's intense. Um, and it was like a Winnie the Pooh fan fiction, basically, where <laughs> um, somebody cooked Piglet, and they all have to figure out who did it. Oh, it was <laughs> a murder mystery. Yeah, it was a murder mystery, I but love Winnie it. the Pooh. I'm here. I'm here for it. I want it. It went over pretty big. Um, so it was good. Yeah. That's awesome. And I did a um, a few years ago, I took a, a couple writing classes at Second City. I know you mentioned that, mm-hmm. Mal. And... Um, it was really good because it was good to get feedback and mo- a lot of the feedback was good. So I was like, oh, this will be a good confidence booster. I'll let other people I, read my things. And ever since then, I've still I would imagine you it. being a it's good. Hard. I would imagine being a good like a good writer. Like, I mean, you're very well spoken, um, even the way that like would mean you talk whenever you form your stories. It's it is very much kind of like you two actually form your stories very similar. You guys have a very like 
almost a writer's brain. It's it's almost by chapter, and it's very organized. Where I'm very like, I'll go into branches and I'll like go zippy. I'll zip around and then eventually get to the end. Then that's where Mel's like, land the fucking plane, dude. Like, just <laughs> fucking finish it, dude. Well, he'll get so mad at me because, like, there he's a- like, you always jump in and like get right to the point. And I'm like, that's that is the point is you make your point. Like, no one in conversation is asking you to be Stephen King out here and to take two pages to describe like <laughs> one experience. Like, you just get to the point. Four pages about how dirty the basement is, you know. Um. And you do this thing when you're telling stories, which is I'm about to demonstrate it, but obviously no one listening can see it. But you do this thing where you like stick your hand up and you like pull when you're telling stories. You're like, it had blah, blah, blah. And there was blah, blah, blah. Oh, you do do that. I've never noticed it. It had this and it had that. (laughs) Like you're literally pulling at straws. You're grabbing your ideas out of the air and bringing them in. Well, I look like the Yuma Yuma guy right now. <laughs> We're all just like flailing our arms. Um, no, but like there's also so if I remember correctly, we, me and you went to uh, Oktoberfest uh, a couple weeks ago, and there's like you wrote a short story called "A Shot of Espresso." Or was oh, it? this was a, an idea I had for a novel while I was very drunk one night. I love it, and it was a murder mystery, basically lampooning like those paperback murder mysteries that all have like puns as titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all like kind of like murder she wrote books where it's all a series and it's all this one person who they're not a detective but they're always solving murders for like some Nancy reason like Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys yeah like. and it's like where are you why are you involved in so many murders but <laughs> um, it's like they start getting suspected that they're the ones causing all the murders because yes. they're always the ones solving it like the cops eventually have to be like, okay, hold on. Nancy Drew actually might be killing people and being like, I've solved it. It's like, or you knew that because you fucking murdered them. That would be really actually a funny, like interesting that take be, on Nancy Drew. Like that would a 14 be cool. year old murderess. Like she actually does all the shit. Yeah. That would be funny. I was, what's her mo? We have, she needs to have a motive. Because she's just a sadistic just little girl. Okay. She's a sick fuck. <laughs> I'm making the cocktail. Because, like, with murder, she wrote, like, Angela, it's like, well, she writes about murder mysteries. Like, that's her job on mm-hmm. that show, I think. I've only seen two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, like, okay, so then she uses it and then she can write about it. But Nancy Drew, the Hardy Boys, like, what do they. But yeah, maybe they just do it for fun. I read all of them, but I haven't read them in so long. That Again, was... I kind of just read them because they were the first books that I ever owned because my mom bought me them because they were. she was like, oh, <laughs> it's a little like sexist, but it was like she brought, bought me Nancy Drew and my brother the Hardy Boys well, and go. he never read shit and I read all of it. Just because I was like, oh, this is here. And I don't have any other books that aren't picture books. So I read them all. And honestly, couldn't really tell you the plot to one. Did you ever read the Boxcar Children? Like the first book of that is not a mystery at all. It's just these poor kids and like their parents die and they live in a boxcar and then they get like adopted by her. It's basically Annie, but they live in a boxcar. But then all the books after that, it's like, let's have the kids solve mysteries. 
It's like, why? Nothing in that first book shows that they have the ability to do that. It's like the boxcar children are actually just like the Scooby-Doo kids. Yeah, it's just like, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I have a soft spot for that kind of stuff because I do. Yeah. And grew up to love murder. Murder, <laughs> murder most foul. <laughs> No, I mean, so like obviously it's spooky season, and um, we def I'm definitely want to look more. I know you're big into Stephen King. Yes, uh, huge. I may, I may say, and I know you're huge into Stephen King. I think most people who like to write are big into Stephen like King. Stephen King. If you like horror and you lo- and you like to write, or either one, you're probably into Stephen where, King. Where where on like the horror? Because he's scale, just so good at it. Where in the horror scale do you lie, Mike? Like, where would you say, like, your love? Is it, like, intense? Is it, like, a hobby? Like, I would I would honestly put myself as, like, a hobbyist, like, horror, um, like, theme and media lover. Like, it, I, It's near exclusive, my entertainment. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I looked at, like, a list of movies I'd seen this year. And there's arguably one that has absolutely no elements of horror on the list. Um, and I've seen like 20 movies this year. So really? Yeah. Um, books. I think every book I've read this year has had, has been a horror book. I have, <laughs> it's been a dark year. Yeah. I, well, I get that that's though. That's how I normally because am. That's how, that's pretty much what I've been reading. All these too. books are almost true crime, which you can know. There are a lot of true well, crime Well, okay, out there. these aren't even all my books. I know they're not, but the a lot ones of my you... books are in boxes. Yeah, these are just kind of the most recent. Th- and this is shit. But you you can but... put true crime into the horror category. Oh, definitely, like that's well, definitely for sure, an element of it. I also like to write about cold cases because it's good practice for me. Is like a create. I'm in school now, and I'm a creative writing nonfiction major, so a good way to like practice like writing like exposés and reports is to research old cold case files or even just solved like things and rewrite them because it teaches you like how to cite resources and like where to go so that's i do that a lot and i could see how it could be good narrative structure because it's like this is what happened this is the response well, because they have to be is, because it's a police report right you know <laughs> like yeah you have to be straight and it teaches with, you how to find that information too it is a good um, research element yeah speaking of true crime and before we we delve into like more like stephen king territory because i do want to kind of talk about like our favorite stephen king stories because i'm a novice when it comes to stephen king i have not read or even um witnessed too much stephen king um just because like my my horror and like my thriller or honestly anything like scary media kind of came way later and I'm not much of a reader. So Stephen King never kind of stood a chance until like the it movies came out. But really quick, my, I kind of want you to hear this funny story. Um, me and Mel went on a ghost tour recently. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, dude. So um, it wasn't a ghost tour. I think that's false advertising. So there were Mel, no ghosts. I'm going to pull up a picture that's going to sum up, pretty much my experience but mel i kind of want you to take away and like i want you to like really all right set the scene for me so my it was just my uncle's birthday and for his birthday 
we decided like, oh, like, let's all do like one of those um, like ghost tours. And so basically like we were like, oh, let's do the Devil in the White City tour um, because that would be like kind of interesting. It's got like a true crime aspect of it. There's like a ghost you know where this is going. Well, I saw Jim's Snapchat the no. other day. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. I was going to show that. I was like, why is he there? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. But I thought you got lost. Like, no. the time you thought my wife lived at 16th and Kildare. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, no way. Pin that. I want to hear about this. Um, so, we were also told that there were going to be, like, bar stops and drinking. And we're like, oh, that sounds like a fucking blast. It's like awesome. So we we get down there. We get on this bus. We start rolling away. The Chicago Marathon was on Sunday and it caused traffic to be a little horrendous. horrendous. A, little, a little So a little fucking horrible. We're on this bus and we're we are moving. But it's just taking us longer to get to like locations and our tour guide I feel bad for saying this because he seemed like a very nice guy. But our tour guide was dog shit. Was like just (laughs) kept he was like talking for like he kept talking about the World's Fair. And it was we went to the Congress Hotel and stood in the bar and everyone's thinking like, oh, this is is where we're going to get our first drink. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, we're going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to take you to look at the bathrooms. They have some beautiful bathrooms, by the way. He's like, there's beautiful bathrooms. They don't. No. They are like. It was a trick. Yeah. It was a fucking trick. Because he's like, go to the bathroom because there's not going to be very many stops. Which is We went three places. We went to the Congress Hotel. We went to the back of the Museum of Science and Industry. And we went to. Englewood. Englewood. So you wonder why. This is the only bathroom stop because he he also worded like there's not going to be too many bathroom stops. But what he should have said was this, this is your, is your only, bathroom. This is stop. your only bathroom this is stop. Your time. And you've been on the bus for 10 minutes. And it did become a problem. Yeah. So we were basically at the Congress Hotel and we just apparently like like I said, he tricked us. He was like, these are the nicest bathrooms in Chicago. Go check them out. And I so there's also this couple that I've been to several Sox games with that are very, they're close friends with um, uh, James and Michelle, your aunt and uncle and me. Wh- what's his name? Do, do you know their names by chance? We can edit this out, you know, but Joanna, Joanna and, and... it's like they, they don't listen, but it's fine. Anyway, they're friends. And like, I was goof around with this dude at Sox games. They're friends, but I don't know their name. Well, yeah, no, because well, no, they're, her aunt and uncle's friends. How on God's oh, okay. green are we going to know their names? So um, we go and like, I know me and this guy were, we're goofballs and we always, I was like, I get out of the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, that's a six out of 10 bathroom. A lot of knee touching though, you know? Like, <laughs> And uh, I was like, and the floors were too wet, you know? And then, so there's also Mel's little cousin, Quinn, like how old's Quinn? Like, like 12 and she's like it sucks she she was so excited for this ghost tour she was like so stoked for it and i and i and i had no help in like i'm like you ready to get scared you ready to have the time of your life and then it turned out to be like one of the most boring tours i've ever been on my entire life it was like a field trip three hours i've heard that one's kind of overrated it was three hours and it's not that good and like 
So as like Mel just said, like he was trying to like stretch for time. Okay. So <laughs> contain we yourself, just took Mike. A quick break for me to go to the bathroom, and during that time, Mel told me about a shadow person in your apartment. Yeah. And as I'm looking at you tell this story, I see like movement behind you. But <laughs> it's our neighbor. Like, yeah, that was just your neighbor. But for a second, I was like, oh my God, it's the shadow person. I should You're have freaking... told you that as you were yeah. leaving. Yeah. Like, oh, what no. the fuck, Mel? You're freaking out the guests. Sorry, um, it's spooky season. It is spooky season. Um but sorry, that was me, not the ghost. That was my niece. Yeah, I know. We we all know now. But uh <laughs> Yeah, fuck you too, babe. Anyway, um so this this instructor who stutters a lot, by the way, um, he kept doing the, like so 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 there there there's and he had a uh, list uh, there, there there uh, there's a, a place there's a place and I'm just kind of like oh my fucking god that's me when I'm no. teaching every day <laughs> <laughs> He's, no it wasn't even necessarily a place what he did the boy. was he kept saying once there was a little boy and then he would give like. Su- vague, not clues, but like very vague, vague information about the boy. He'd be like, his father was a carpenter, and, and I'm he had like, brown are we hair. talking about Jesus? Like, and then they'd be like, Walt Disney, and I was like, ooh, not a Jew. Like, yeah, yeah, no. Or uh, <laughs> do you also remember when? Uh, so okay, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So yeah, he did like a lot of cryptic stuff, and he was just like, so people from Europe in 1893. They were kind of come to the world's fair. The world. That's how he talked. The world's fair. That's called running out the clock. Exactly. You don't have enough and to he's say, like, but you're trying yeah. to just and he's like, stretch it and he's out. He's like, and it's in Chicago. And we're finally doing it in Chicago. And even though St. Louis and uh, these other play New York oh I'm walking here like that's how he talked he was like I'm from New York and I'm just kind of like oh this oh. is my butthole is touching my brain right now because <laughs> <laughs> it's like cringing and he's like so how do you think people from Europe in 1893 how do you think they got to the world's fair in Chicago and I'm like by train <laughs> I'm like, and Mel's like Sh- shut up she's like shut up and, like, and then she, he's like I thought I heard by boat and uh, what was the other one no it was by boat that's the only one right people from Europe there's only a way it's by boat that's not possible no you know, well, no no Mike it is super they cross the Atlantic oh I thought you meant to get to Chicago like no, you have they, to get they, off the boat and got, then take yeah. something else to get No, here. they're not like railing a fucking Titanic through inland. <laughs> like, keep well, no. pushing. What he said, <laughs> what he said, which in like it didn't make a whole lot of sense because what he said was that they would come by boat the whole way, essentially, and, then, and come in and they would like Michigan. They come into Lake Michigan. There's no and way. He was comparing the Congress Hotel to like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. They would see it and think that they were there. But then oh, in actuality, no. they had like another half a day journey by wagon to get to Jackson Park. Yeah. Like, because like, he really made it clear that because people... he's like dirt roads, no trains. No but train. But Inglewood, you could get there because there was, you could get on the, a yeah. train yeah, to exactly. go by rail. It was by but rail. But 
He also there were no trains, but there was one train. There's a train. But that was the way he said it. And then he, but that was kind of the problem too, is that he was saying things and I was like, if you know more than the tour guide, you're this just kind of like, like, cause he was saying things that I was like, no, that's not true. Or like, that's not the whole truth. Like he was like, and they called it the white city because in, I don't know what year he said, but he was like, when they, no, not the, the Paris world's fair. When he talks about the, the lighting of the Eiffel tower and he's like, so then Chicago did the same thing. And that's why it's called the white city. And From I'm all like, the light bulbs. no, not really though. Like kind of, but not really like the, it's called the white city because all of the buildings were really shittily made out of wood, but then they put white stucco like plaster on top of them. It was made horribly. And then they all, so it all out. looked really pretty, but <laughs> it only lasted died. about two years. Like, it, it, how many times did he say, you would think that we would get more use out of them? Like, he said that line. I know. And I'm like, they times. were held together with fucking I'm like, stucco we get it, wood. Dude, they probably and got like, dirty grout. Real quick. Like, they were yeah. not. <laughs> that's They were not meant to be permanent fixtures. I know. And then it was he just starts like talking nightmare. about, he's like, and the miracle that the Museum of Science and Industry building is still here. And like, that it part is kind of cool. But it, it was took him a, little... a while to get to the point because yeah. he kept talking about it. This as grandiose like, way of it's talking. It's amazing. It's a miracle. It's still here. It's like, no, they fucking did that because there was going to be millions of dollars worth of fucking world history in there. And I'm... they were like, you can't put this in a shitty Quonset hut. So, like, you so... have to have an actual existing structure. Can I interject really quick? Yeah. So he kept picking on random people to like pretend that they're uh, parts of history. Like, so, like, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this conversation. How much of the World Fair have you heard in this conversation? Like, like, like a lot, right? Yeah. How much? Of, how much of H. H. Holmes tour. have you just heard right now? Zero. A fucking exactly. <laughs> that is where I'm fucking pissed. He talked two and a half hours about the World's Fair. Thirty minutes about. Ed, uh, I was gonna say Ed Holmes. H. H. Holmes. That's it. I'm like not thirty. Forty-five. So. He kept being. He kept picking on people. To be like, imagine it's the World's Fair. You weird dude with a beard, not me. This other guy, like I'm not joking. And he's like, imagine you're an art collector with millions of dollars. Where do you want your art to be held? And this guy's awkward, like ah, in our in a good fucking building. And he's like, exactly. And that's why in the World's Fair we had it somewhere nice. And I'm just kind of like, oh my god, dude. When does the murder start? No, like, for like, real. Uh, get it out. Like, so, so where you're I'm getting almost at, there. The reason why I'm interjecting is because I was so hoping that when he, because at every stop he, like, had someone play, like, a character. Like, someone who went to the Congress Hotel. And it's like, you, you, you went and you no. ran away from Indiana, right? And she was like, yeah, I did. I'm Luann. I ran away from Indiana in 1892. And then he's like, yeah, because you want to survive shit. I would, if he had a character... What's One that? second. When he goes in that part, we're standing at the bar in the Congress Hotel, not drinking, which is a travesty, but that's but not where bold. I'm going We're not this. drinking. But he goes, why would a woman come to the city in 1892? What kind of job was she looking to get? Blow. And there was a lady, <laughs> there was a lady, like an old lady that goes, she like turns and whispered to her husband, but I was standing right there. So I heard her. She goes, prostitute like, <laughs> it would have been great if she's like, she was to turning suck, tricks to suck dick <laughs> and like then a he good goes, woman should see, then the guy goes 
Yeah, to meet a husband. <laughs> You're not far <laughs> off, ladies. Which is why I you couldn't get a husband I in laughed, Indiana. I laughed so hard, and that's that's what I said when you were like, "What?" Are you? And I was like, "I'll tell you later." <laughs> like, oh, is that what is that what yeah, you meant? What I, I forgot about that. Um, no, but like, so when he was like putting all these characters at every stop, I am like, I swear to God, if if I get to play H. H. Holmes today, I'd be so happy. And I didn't get to. I'm really fucking bummed. But like, I'm not joking. Like this guy, like you can tell. So he he's a history teacher by trade, and he does this on the weekends. And like, I can tell his heart is in it. I can see it, and I appreciate it. But oh my fucking god, was it the most boring three hours? I wish I got those three hours back. Like, and it sucks. Doubly, doubly, doubly bad. This is for Melanie's uncle's birthday, which we thought we we're gonna be going to bars and shit. And it was just a field trip. It was a field trip for adults. And like we were starving, tired, and thirsty by the end of it. Sober. And sober, worst of all. It was three hours, Mike. Could you bring your own drink? No. It was in the rules that you couldn't do that. I would have. I would have packed a big ass cooler of everything. That's, I think, what my aunt was like most pissed about. Because Michelle is like a bar, she's an unofficial, amazing bartender. Like, like she's like she she knows her shit. She'll make you a, a cocktail to knock your socks off. And the fact that like she couldn't even do anything like sucked ass. But like so there's this part right where this guy is like he's trying to kill time because there's all this traffic and he's like so at the world's fair there was a woman and she could seriously fire an arrow the best that anyone has ever seen and i like i'm not exaggerating this is how he talked the entire it was like this dramatized fucking thing it's like imagine like going just like that's how you talk this like, guy does community theater no for real for sure for sure he like imagine like, like he's like stuck talking like that it's like babe how was your day my day was fine i took a big shit you know like whatever like this is like this is just how he talked and he was talking mm-hmm. about this woman with like a bow and arrow and he was like so and I'm. Gonna, he didn't even tell us her name, by the way. Because he didn't know. He didn't fucking know. He was just like there was um a uh, a uh, a woman. He a forgot woman. her yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Great tour guy. Great. So I'm actually gonna. He do, could have made up a name and no yeah, one would know. Like Aberdeen. Who fucking cares? So anyway, um, I'm gonna do with the mic what he did, and like you all at home can actually feel the cringe. So um, this segment's called Feel the Cringe, but um, so he was like talking about how he like brought like, to you by Gatorade <laughs> brought to you by Nesquik um so he was like talking he's like so there's a woman and he took she took her arms and she made a bow and arrow and then he took his arms and pretended to fire a bow and arrow and then he was like and then he took and then she took it and then like you can like see her and then you can see it and she and he fired it on a person on a and he, like he would be on a wheel on a big wheel and we're all like in the bus like dude what are you like on man like i just want to learn about he kept going on and on about this bow and arrow and he's like and then the crowd went silent and everybody watched as she cocked back the arrow and then he went like and he didn't 
get hit by the air. We're like, dude, this is like, this is not an audio. This would be awful. Imagine if like, uh, God damn it. What's that Disney fucking movie that uh, Fantasia? Imagine like an audio book of Fantasia. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't fucking work. (laughs) It's all visuals, man. Like, dude, you're an ass. And like this guy was just like, he just talked talk, talk about the World's Fair, and then he basically was like, at the end, we're, we're going back. And he's just like, so about the World's Fair, there was a man who worked at the World's Fair, and he was a carpenter building houses in Chicago, and he had a son. He told his son about the World's Fair, and this son got inspired to go out to California and he built a park. And do you know what this son's name was? His name was Walt Disney. And now Disney also built a park. And like, he just went on about Disney history. And I'm like, I'm here for murder. I am here to listen about like grotesque death. I don't want to hear about how a man, a little Chicago boy, drew a mouse and then went out to California and opened up a park. Like, dude. That's the thing that's tough about doing like a Devil in the White City tour because a lot of people want to hear about H.H. H. Holmes. And the book, you know, it talks about the World's Fair and H.H. H. Holmes. But if the majority of your tour is going to be World's Fair, like no, one's... and there's nothing left to see from the World's Fair, like that's this is a uphill battle. Bad, yeah, it's bad. No one read that book for the World's Fair, right? No, we read no for the one murder. Read that the book murder. For the World's Fair. You could take out most of the things from that book about the World's Fair, and people would be fine. Yeah, no. but he didn't want to talk about things that like weren't substantiated. Like you could kind of tell. But I'm like, okay, but like none of us are here for your morals. No. We're here because we like We're here for murder. depravity. We're here for depravity. We want the ghost stories. We want the we fucked want up ghosts. shit. We want to get drunk on spirits and spirits. Like Exactly. Fuck amen. Like if amen, I was sister. trying to run out the clock and I was that dude. Let's go honestly, ghost honestly, stories. honestly, I would just be like, like, you know people there are there for like murder and ghosts. I'd be like What's your favorite murderer? Can like, we, can we let's also talk, talk about that. Can we also talk about how much he talked about food and beer the entire time? He asked multiple times. Yeah, because he told us the origin of PBR, which I was like, okay, that's interesting, but also Ooh, a giant tease. PBR! And the only reason why he Bush told us that, the only, the only reason why he told us that is because it had something to do with the World's Fair. Like This guy was a World's Fair expert, and not H.H. Holmes expert. He... For, for, for but real. he kept saying, he's like, who wants a beer? And every, literally everyone on the bus Perked by that up. point was like, yes. And it's PBR. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll butt chug a PBR at this point. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'll do it. You know, whatever. But like, he was like, oh, there's some in my, in my house. <laughs> oh, dude. Cringe. He was also bald. <laughs> He also did that thing when also, someone talks and they their spit collects in the side of their mouth. Yeah, and they don't swallow, and, and so like, they sound they sound like this a little bit because there's like it's they, not a list, but there's just too much spit. In their they also mouth. have what I call dino flaps. You know, like in movies where like when a dinosaur roars, it has like those skin flaps on the side of their mouth and shit. 
but it's like spit. So I called the spit dino flaps, or I called skittle spits because like when you eat too much too many skittles, sometimes you get that. But you know whatever. Um, but yeah, so this guy was basically uh, horrible. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Moral of the story is: don't go on a Devil in the White City. We tour. should have gotten on the other bus because the other bus was had a like a speakeasy tour. Speakeasy tour, ghost speakeasy tour of Chicago, where they went to bars and shit. Was it a weird Chicago tour? Yes. Yes. The, their regular ghost tour is pretty good. You don't Mike, stop for no booze, offense. but they don't tell you they're going to stop for booze either. Mike, no offense. I'm kind of, hey, we're Chicago tour. I'm looking at you. I don't give a shit. Find me at Gin Bear <laughs> on Instagram. Like, I don't care. That tour sucked ass, dude. I was pissed. I don't the give a fuck. The thing is, don't advertise that you're going to stop for drinks and, and then, then don't not. stop And then not. Drinks. Especially like me, a young alcoholic. Like I want like, not in this coming, town, buddy. Coming, I'm a rookie. <laughs> no, you're just you're just a drunk right now. Alcoholics, they go to meetings and they have yeah, yeah. Shit. Like they have a problem. I'm I a diehard. <laughs> no, but like it was an it was interesting and like I think the funniest bit was uh, there's at one point where the the tour this is the last part the tour guide was like pretend. Everyone in the bus is in. Uh, Mel, actually, I kind of want you to tell this part when he's like pretending you're in 1893. Because I'm a woman and you'd feel more comfortable if I told yeah, the story. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so we're sitting on the bus and the guy's like, pretend like it's 1893. And it was a little. I thought it was just a little cringy because of the way that he was like, we're going to play make-believe now. But I turn and I look at Jimmy and Jimmy just immediately fakes like he's punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't I'm vote like, yet. I'm like, I'm like, you're wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> you can't vote. <laughs> and I, I laughed it, like out loud. <laughs> just at the timing of it because it was so funny. Pretend you're in 1893 and we both look at each other gingerly and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm like you can't vote. What? She's a woman. It's fine. <laughs> like it's like yeah. it's like I take that way too seriously. Like, Why would I want okay, to pretend Jim, that? Jim, Quit okay, showing your done. ankles, you hussy. You yeah. <laughs> raisin uh, oh Jezebel. You jeez. Um. So anyway, that was our that was our ghost tour. It was horrible. Two two out of ten. Um. Did not enjoy. We did have a couple of laughs though. Um, but that was kind of about it. Um, uh, weird, weird Chicago tour. Uh, fix it. Um, but anyway, so I kind of want to go back to basically like kind of like writing and all in scary stories and all that stuff. Um, so Mike, have you ever written any sort of like horror or has there been more like murder mystery? More horror than anything. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like if you don't mind, like, can I ask like, what have you written or kind of like, uh, what like inspires you to write these things or anything like that? Uh, I probably more just because it's like what I read and watch a lot of, and that's like like Evan Costello. I do like. I, I actually feel do. like a lot of my horror and comedy are very closely aligned. I um, I I agree with that because I think they're both intense human emotion. Yes, and, and and I think they do align, and I think I think that's why whenever you watch something. That's a horror comedy. You're kind of weirdly like how I don't know how to feel. Like I think that's the most like there is there's a reason why romantic comedy fits is because like comedy is an intense positive emotion and romance is a another intense 
positive emotion. So those go well together. So they're both two intense positive emotions. But horror is an intense negative emotion. And comedy is an intense positive. So when those two are together, you're. I feel like you don't know how to feel. And uh, what? What, Mel? I'm also just someone who finds like awkward situations funny. And so when you're scared, podcast, it's awkward. It's it. It's you're caught with your pants down, essentially. Like, yes, you know, and I love that, and like I love feeling like that. Um, but so like, have you written like have you? So you have written some like horror stuff. Yeah, I'm writing um more of a long form thing right now. It's I'm almost done with it. Um, every time I think I'm almost done with it, I think of like, oh, but wait, what if I had this in there? Oh, um, I'm I can't even imagine like being like like that. Rewrite rewrites are probably the most um like polarizing love hate debated thing amongst writers like i love rewrites but i know a bunch of people that are like i hate that i hate that process but i'm always like no i can do it better now like depending on what it is because i don't touch it unless i feel like i can do it i most like edit as i go i'll be like oh but wait what if i added that in there at this part and then i'll go back and look at it and be like where can i add this in or take that out how, how do you two know when to stop? Just when it feels right. Yeah. It's a hard, it is like sort fine of art a hard... pornography kind of scenario. Huh? Like, <laughs> like fine art or pornography. Like you, you'll know when you see it kind of like. Not all the time. Sometimes those things go hand in hand. Like you don't. I just, I, I go to the. There yeah. is a, there no, is I, a I, section I, of Venn I think diagram. Fine art and porn go together hand in hand I, for a second. I go to the Chicago Art Museum and I just jerk off. I shouldn't the say, I shouldn't say hand in hand, but like. To the lines But there outside. are like, there is a lot of like art that showcases like nudity. Oh so yeah. Where but where do you it, draw the line? I know, but like you can't put those two together there, i'm just saying in a venn diagram there's two circles i also can't say and there's that an overlap people want to fuck their cars i would not be surprised if someone found the mona lisa like sexually there is so someone out there you that, don't know oh, like, that's totally you don't that's know totally what she's smiling at there my, could be a naked dude my big tiny dick um but like yeah like that's essentially what she's smiling at but like i never written i mean i've written like n- no, or maybe she's like, no I'm not literature. wearing panties right now. You don't know. <laughs> it's just my little secret. Cheeky smile. Um, but I never written anything like long form or really like. So I did write I, and I was so bummed. My mom was going through her. Uh, my mom was going through like our, our old drawers because I did write a short story when I was like. 13 years old going through like a hardcore edgy emo phase called like the lovers at the gallows. And it was essentially in, it sounds as cringy as it sounds. It was essentially about these two brothers. that love the same woman. And it was a total like Shakespearean twist of just like, if we kill ourselves, like we'll be together forever. But then like, they didn't have to, you know, like whatever. Wait, the brothers killed themselves. No, the uh, one brother that was originally betrothed to the woman Named Lorelai, I remember the name, and like watch too much Gilmore Girls. Actually, I didn't. It was because that was uh, one of the gym leaders in Pokemon. If you must know. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. That makes it so much better because she's fu- a cartoon. Yeah, you fucking nerd. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but like, oh God, she, I, uh, she what? 
she's a cartoon. Yeah, I don't know, Mel. I don't. So do, I'm like, I should. I should go through Jim's browser history. Is what I thought. I don't do hentai, Dad. I don't do hentai. Uh, <laughs> find help if you do. Um. So anyway, but um, basically these uh these two brothers, they love the same chick, and then. Like she's betrothed to the first one, and then they go to a party, and then it's like uh, the the two brothers were in the same masquerade. I was watching like, a lot of like Black Parade like music videos at this point, and it's like they both were like at the same party, and then like she mixes up, and she thinks that the twin brother is her husband, and then they kiss, and then they they make love, and then she finds out that she's more in love with the twin brother, but she's got to keep up appearances with the first brother. And then, like, it's all this other bullshit. And then, like, the twin brother is like, no, it's me or him or else I'm going to kill myself. And then she's like, no, like I choose him. But then, but then she thinks that the first brother <laughs> killed himself. But it was actually the twin brother and yada, yada, yada. It was terrible. It was an awful story. Like sand in the hourglass. Yeah. So far, the days of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> It was a horrible story. It like, but like, I wrote it and I was proud like, of it. What if comedy of errors had more death in it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and essentially, I'm not joking. Um, but yeah, so that that's the extent. I the the only other thing that I personally written was one time my history teacher, like he was like, basically like doing that thing with teachers do that or kind of like I don't think you're gonna do on the next assignment and like and then you were like oh yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, dude, like, I will do. So I wrote, it was about the Vietnam War. We were supposed to write about the Vietnam War and all, like, all, like, these vocab words that we learned, like, our lingo about the Vietnam War. And I wrote a journal in the POV of someone who's in the Vietnam War that had all the vocab words in it. And I even, like, burned the edges and shit, and I handed it in. And I told him to this day, and, like, whenever he sees me, he's always laughing because I told him, I was like, I want you to go home. Get the fire going. Get a glass of whiskey. And I want you to just like chill out and just read this. How old were you? I was 15. <laughs> and, and he laughed so hard. And he gave me an A+. And to this day, he's like, I tell my students about that. And they think it's funny. And like it, like he's like, it, 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 my plan worked. He's like, I totally like got you to do better than I knew that you could. And I totally fell into it. But so what I'm that's always like a high though is like when you get good feedback like that. Oh, it's it's great and yeah. um like and I kind of wish I did more writing, but I never did. But like I'm just dog shit at it. I'm really not good at writing. Like it takes a lot for me to write. I'm really good at talking. I've I think I've heard and I'm paraphrasing it wrongly here, but it's like the one thing writers hate to do the most is write. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, like, I look at, so I live with a writer, and she's like, Mel, like, like I know you love writing, but, like, dude, oh, my God. It's a very disciplined <laughs> hobby. You're like, oh, I, my like, God. Describe it as. Because <laughs> even, like, when I'm not, like, I'm in school now, so I am writing a lot, which, like, is sort of, it's, like, draining, but it's nice. But, like, there are points, like, in the summer when I'm not in school that I have to force myself to do it. I keep, I mean, I keep journals and stuff, so that's, I, I wouldn't really classify that as, like, productive, like, output, but, um, yeah, if I'm working on something that 
I'm excited about it's easy because I'm like, oh, it just kind of flows. That's good. But if it's the flow is great, like the flow. But if you're working on something long form, it can be like you're dragging ass because you're like not. Or if if you're just not feeling it that day, like you're not in the headspace, the words aren't coming. You're like, I just wrote that same sentence like a page earlier. Or there's like, I'm looking forward to getting like, I know where I want to go with this. And this part I'm really excited about. But the Mm -hmm. stuff that comes before that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to sit down and actually write that out first, don't I? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, even Mel, have you ever written any horror or anything like that? Um, like for fun or like for an exercise. Well, uh, well, I, I, anything. Have, I have, um, I have written some, I, I don't know if I would classify it as like horror. Like I do write like the true crime things, but then I also, I have done, I have tried my hand at writing horror. I'm not very good at it. Like I, I, I don't know. I got like positive feedback on the thing that I did write, but it's just not really my forte. And I, I wrote it. I think I think my issue is that like I wrote it at the same time as I was listening to like Stephen King, like talk Huge about his, his book on writing. And oh, shit. Um, That's pretty rad. It's a great book. It is a great book. So here it's great. And to- it's actually a book that I recommend. Like I read I have the the um physical version of it but i have the audio version as well because he reads it himself and it's just it's like this is a mouth breather recommendation go listen to that yeah and it's literally called on writing even if you're just writing like writing anything not just horror because it's his memoir too so it's not just a book about how to write better it's interesting information about him that Sometimes, like, I found certain things in it that I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense why, like, he would put certain details in certain books. Yeah. They're, they're like, Easter eggs towards his life. Um, And so that's, like, I don't know. I'm also, like, I'm reading the Tommyknockers right now, which is funny because he sort of famously, like, you're getting freaked hates. out by the Tommy knockers. It's a little weird. It is also about out. like aliens, but um, he sort of pans it as like the worst thing he's ever written. But I'm list. I'm like reading it and listening to it at the same time because I do that sometimes. Like I'm on the train a lot, so I'll read the physical book. Or if I'm like at work doing something, I'll just pick up from the audiobook, like where I left off. Um, but he hates it like he's like oh it's the worst book i've ever written i was doing a lot of drugs it doesn't make any sense it's kind of shit (laughs) but i'm listening to it and reading it and i'm like this is better than anything i've ever written and he thinks it's the worst thing he's ever written Yeah, that's always like oh that's when you get discouraged that's when you're like he's so good mother should i do drugs (laughs) (laughs) it's that i do drugs and write so i didn't watch the full season but they're I remember watching an episode of one of the seasons of American Horror Story where they do like vampires. And the one that mean you. Kinda. Yeah, we watched it and the guy takes a pill and, and, it, and it's all of a turns sudden you to a really vampire. good at writing. It turns you into like a savant at whatever if you have talent. But that's kind of the caveat is that you have to have talent. Otherwise, you turn into this like 
creature thing. I didn't finish the season, so I don't know if it's any good or whatever. But we watched an episode of it and Jimmy was like, would you do it? Because like they reference in it like Stephen King and um that he uh, that he's one of these people that took and the um, also oh, okay. Quentin Tarantino yeah took, like writes the guy he's tell. like I want you to write my next movie and the guy's like he doesn't he writes his own stuff and then the woman's like well yeah he said that he can't do it anymore because he just had a kid but he said you'd know what that meant and like that was like the thing because it was like a drug but um. Jimmy was like, he's trying, you, he's trying Jimmy to get was like, for the kid, basically you know? it led into this really weird conversation with me and Jimmy where it was like, would you sell your he's soul? Like, would essentially? you do it? And I was like, yeah, probably. I would, don't know. Mike, would you do it? Take, take, know. take the pill to be the best writer you can be and write best selling New York times novels of all genres and be, have world acclaimed fame. But like it is a drug. And also that like, you're kind of selling your soul a little bit. Do like, you want to know what it is, way. though, yeah, for probably me? Would. You would. You writers <laughs> are all the same. <laughs> well, listen, you work your whole life to get mild recognition for something. So that that would be like the success would be one thing. But I think what's more fucked up about my psyche is that. So you have to be talented for it to work. Yeah. So I would almost just take it to be like, am I, am talented? I talented? Yeah. That would be something that you could. It's a very Leo at like. It, it is. You're you're very much in your own like, headspace at that know. point. It's weird because like most writers, like unless you're like Stephen King or someone like that, most writers work two jobs. Like that's oh, not yeah. their day yeah. job. No, like, like that's like even a, if you're a published author with multiple titles, like you're working another job. Yeah. No, I mean, and I mean, so it's not like, like I'm Mike, not like you. You don't write to get famous or like to Mike. Get rich like you, even you're, your job, you're like you're not just a writer. You also do other things. Like you're also, I'm not going to say what you do, but like, but you're working other jobs. You know, right? Um, how much is Stephen King, like in his storytelling? Is there a huge influence, or is it just kind of like a like a footnote of like, oh yeah, that's a good that's a good place to go to if I'm stuck. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't like, I don't try to write like, I don't try to write like no, anybody else because it's just, then it just comes off as like copying. Exactly. Yeah. But that's probably like an influence in like, just what I like to write about. Like, for example, when I was taking that second city class, it was supposed to be comedy, right? Yeah. Um, and I ended up writing this sketch where it's, um, no offense to Jehovah's witness out there, but like. I wrote this sketch where I was like, well, why don't Jehovah's Witness, like, whenever they're knocking on the door, I'm like, oh, don't answer the door. Jehovah's Witness is outside. Mm -hmm. But everyone answers their door on Halloween. No one's looking for Jehovah's Witness. So why don't they go outside on Halloween? And so I wrote this whole thing where, like, there's a couple Jehovah's Witness kids, and they're, like, knocking on doors on Halloween because they know people will answer. But they (laughs) end up going to the devil's. They actually end up going to the devil's doorstep. Oh, that's a second city spin if I ever heard one. And like, I love this already. I got good feedback on it, but the instructor was like, "This is more horror than anything else." And I was like, "But I guess so." This is why I meant earlier, though, because it like. By the way, I feel like if you can write comedy, you can write anything. Like you can like if you if you're good at writing comedy, you can write horror, you can write romance. Well, I don't give a shit. There's a (laughs) reason. I feel like the reason for that is if you can write comedy that translates and works well, it's because you've been through shit. 
you got a dark side. Totally. Like, there's a God, I'm gonna blank on the person who said it, but I was watching I was watching like that it, it was something about Chris Farley and someone was like, um, there is no light side to comedy. It's all dark. Agreed. Because even yeah, the totally. way that you get there is dark. Oh yeah, like I mean I think comedy is one of the most difficult things to write about. And if you can pull it off, then that's fucking amazing. But I really like that skit idea, like a lot, actually. Well, and then I noticed like most of the things that I wrote when I was in the program was like there was a lot of horror centric things. Like I wrote one where it was Dracula and Frankenstein are rewriting the monster mash. Like they have to write an updated (laughs) version. So they like, should we do a rap? What should we do? Um, I love it, dude. There was one. It was like the devil's like birthday party or something, and Jim Jones is like gonna like he's the bartender. Cool um, you know, like he's like hell's best mixologist. Just like Hitler got a new pizza, dude. right? Hitler got a new pizza. Oh man, I didn't go there with it, but jeez. Um, <laughs> Oh man! Oh my God! <laughs> There's an edit. Um, uh, no, uh, that's staying in. I'm shit. Listen, I also did Second City. Not everyone's a winner. Sometimes yeah. you don't land them, or sometimes. What are you they joking? Land. That was a total. Sometimes land. they land too well, and they're problematic. Oh my God, that was so funny. Um, what what I was gonna ask also follow up, um, is uh, for for like you two, if you guys were to write, um, anything like when you were a kid, like what scared you? Like what? Because mm. I have a theory. Like I, I, I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, ever since um, we talked about on your birthday about having you on and talk about like writing and all that stuff. Like this is something that like I've actually been jotting down, um, and I'm just curious. Like, is there anything like definitive that like scared you as like a kid? We'll start there. Uh, I guess I have two. One is I've always been terrified of being late, which is not like. A real fear it's just like it's more of like a life preference kind of but like i actually get like i get like nervous about it okay um but like um i like doing something that's gonna make myself look stupid okay is like like some for some oh, reason like you, real you two fear. are more similar than i thought actually um, <laughs> but it also like i don't know i find yes. it funny in a way like when you i was don't want to be stupid you don't want to be perceived as dumb or the the last knowing person. No, I'm looking does at you. Does anyone Melanie. want to be that? No, no. But I feel like it it, it does affect other people more. I do give you one. My my biggest rule for Jim is just like don't, don't make, make me, me look, look, look stupid. Like also, I'm not a really jealous person, but I'm like don't take advantage of that and make me look stupid. Yeah, but like you just said something that's like. I forget how exactly you worded it, but like where it affects other people or like the public image of you don't make me look dumb in front of okay. other people. Mine is more like, I'm afraid I'm going to do something stupid and it's going to have like this weird ripple effect where everyone around me is going to be hurt because of it. Okay. So that's almost like a take on social climate, if anything, because like we're living also in the worst period and also the best period. Because people who are pulling bullshit are actually being called out on it. Yeah. But also, if you do something dumb because of social media, everyone's going to fucking know about it now. 
So you're actually living like in the worst time. Right. Well, I mean, there's like that aspect where it's like, okay, am I going to do something stupid? Where like, you do a keg, I'm going to get you, you do a keg stand and you vomit all over everybody. Everyone's going to see it. We're back in the '60s. It's all word of mouth. You, oh, you should have been there, like. Mike like barfed and like whatever, but like now there's actual video evidence, right? Of like you doing I, that on like a silly level, like yeah, there's that stuff, but it's more like I will feel horrible forever because I yeah. did something that negatively affected someone else. Oh yeah, like, oh I get that. I get that weird um thing of like you like be careful what you say to someone because what if it's the last thing that you say to them like that's and that's a thought that occupies my mind like I think I think it has more space than it should yeah but like I'm always like oh like don't if someone's like getting on a plane don't make like a plane joke you are very juju about that oh I don't like to speak things into existence I really don't I don't either it's funny, you guys give very real world fears. And like I have in my notes of like like stuff that I've noticed. I, I'm just like I guess they're just like more well, th- this is kinda like why I wanted you to on, because I feel like you guys have a very um I'm not saying I'm dumb, but I think you guys are more um Cerebral. Yeah. <laughs> more heightened, uh, if you will. But like a couple of things I've I put down was like so whenever Time is being used against you is a very freaky concept. Whenever I'm reading or hearing things, a good example is the uh, Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. That um, short story we listened to of the person taking... Shout out to Waba. Dude. Oh, my God. Such a good podcast. Um, But basically, the short story, we're not going to give... You should go listen but the short story is the fact that this person um, took this drug. It's a it's a fiction. It's a creepy pasta, and this person took a drug that's supposed to like really heighten your senses because it was like part of a government experiment. Yeah. Program. And eventually, the drug is working, but it works. Well, too it slows. Efficient. It slows. It's supposed to slow time. Your 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 perceivement. Like you're moving faster. Than everyone else. Your brain is so your brain than... perceives it as like time is slowed down. So then the per they like leave the thing. They're still under the effects of the drug, and they're like, "Oh God, this sucks!" Like, I'm just gonna go to sleep. So they like take Benadryl to go to sleep. But what they don't realize is that the, a the yeah. it takes the the Benadryl is gonna take a long time to work because of the drug that they took. But then also they are going to start feeling some effects of the Benadryl. So it slows time down to where like every time they blink, it's like feels like it's been a decade of their life. Cause so their when brain you, when you blink, is moving faster than that would their be physical hell. thing. I know. And the whole thing starts with like this post, like reading of this post on like the internet being like, if you're at this train station on this date, kill me. Like shoot me in the head, basically, because it's they're like I've been living for, pers- like what they perceive to be like a hundred thousand years because it's the, the way drug. that this drug works. And there, there's a part though that made me and Jimmy both cringe because the guy, um, trips and falls down the stairs, and so feels feels motion. like they're falling for like a hundred years, and then they finally. Make start impact. to make contact and they feel every second of 
their shoulder popping out and breaking and then they oh. are stuck with it. Dude, it's horrible. But it's- see, I prefer time limits. Like, yeah, I don't want more time to think about something. Like, you want less time. Yeah, because then it's like, okay, I just use the information I had to make the decision in the time frame that was available. Exactly. Where like this take this story takes that away. Yeah, like to the well, it stretches limit. it out. Is what yeah. it should be horrible. Like as someone with like OCD, like I don't need to think I about. I think that's it more. why you two are probably the most. Like, well, and what like, else no. too is like they like they describe a blink and like the part where their eyes are closed and they're just living in darkness for however long. It reminded me of like the part in Jumanji where he talks about being in the the jungle at night. Like that's what it reminded me of the way that that. they described it. Jumanji fucked me up so bad as a kid. (laughs) That fucking flower made me irrationally afraid of flowers. But I, I would say that my fears now i don't like the idea of like voyeurism like anytime anything comes up with someone like living in a wall or like squatters or anything like that melanie does not like nope your home being compromised okay or someone looking at watching you and I think it goes beyond. So I kind of like the idea into- of someone watching me. Like, oh, I'm important enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least to somebody. <laughs> no, I just I don't I don't like the feeling of that, and I it's honestly getting worse. Like, I'm not I'm not agoraphobic, but I think because there are so many cameras around now that I'm like, dude. Be so easy to be a creep now. No one questions seeing a no camera. One no one it. questions ring doorbells. Like no, for most people, they feel safer. Yeah, but, but like my my parents like have had conversations with their neighbors where they're like, "Oh yeah, like we saw like like my sisters will get busted for parties or whatnot because the na- the kids will come out the backyard and get busted on our neighbors' ring doorbell." Oh boo! And I'm boo. like, "Well, yeah, it's terrible," boo. but like. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't like that idea of someone's doorbell being pointed at my house. Like, what if I have my shades open and I walk naked or whatever? Like, You're naked? That actually did happen to me once. That's, I learned my lesson the hard way when I was like 12 because a kid in my afraid. grade. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That was like the formative experience. Yeah. <laughs> Because I got made fun of in like seventh grade because this kid saw me in my training bra and I was went home and I was really upset about it. And my mom, because she's she's a very strong willed woman, but she was like, well, I told you, that's why you have to pull your shades down. And I was just like a little compassion would be nice. Like, I got that. I'm 12. I told you so. (laughs) I told you, you had to pull your shades down. I was like, yeah, but he didn't have to go and fucking tell the whole class about it that he saw my like shit Joe Boxer bra. Like Oh no. I forgot yeah. about does Joe Boxer still around? I forgot about that. I think brand. if you shop at Walmart, um, it might be but I loved Joe Boxer. I had all their shit. Maybe it's just because I was white trash. But what are you making over there, GM? Um I'm making old fashioned right now. I'm letting you guys riff. I mean, like, cause I have other topics that I find terrifying 
And I and like by the way, so there's a couple of movies that like I want to show Mel, but like the fact that they involve ghosts or people living in the walls, she's like absolutely fucking not. We're not watching that. It took like, me so much to watch um the movie Us actually cuz that that movie That's the highest level. That movie kind of did fuck me up a little bit because I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I think a part of it was, like, the performances were so good. They were. But, like, also it was just, like, uh, was there I know a movie? it's not real, but what is it? Like, what if it is? Did you have a movie as a kid that, like, really it, was, it was made for kids, but it still fucked you up? Yeah, it's Cat's Eye by, and it's based on the short story by Stephen King. That's a good question. I've never seen that one. Here, let me think about it. But you describe Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye is is perfect. It's got Drew Barrymore when she was a kid, and it's. um, I remember specifically my grandpa watching it while we were in Cancun on vacation. We had like a, like a two. My whole family once, so we had like a two story villa, and I just remember like all of the kids being like they we were like upstairs but it was made like for kids i think but we were upstairs and we were all kind of watching it while we were supposed to be asleep but we were watching it like from the top of the stairs and um basically the gist of the story is like it's this little girl and a troll comes out from her bedroom wall at night this actually might be the precursor of why I don't like things in walls. This but actually, this it's a is troll, and the well. troll is so cheesy looking now. But when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me because it was ugly and like purple, and it had like the bells on its hat, and it, it's t- it's like little, but it gets up on bed with on the bed with her, and she's sleeping, and it is trying to steal her breath while she's like sleeping. Oh, fuck. So it's on top of her and it comes back and like, there's like a couple times where it like it's there and then something happens and it runs away. But then, um, her cat, like it's her cat sees it and attacks it and pushes it into the fan and it gets all chopped up. And then the dad like picks up the arm the next oh. day, like the little arm is like, what's this? <laughs> Like the dad in Home Alone with the tooth, except it's like a troll arm, if I remember correctly. But it it scared the what shit out this? of me so much so that because I was little, like probably like six, but it scared me so bad that for like a year after that, I slept with my blanket like tucked over my head because I was afraid of like the troll climbing up on me. Like my mom would come into my room and rip the blanket off of my face because she was afraid I was going to suffocate. Like after I had fallen asleep. Dude, uh, there were some goosebumps uh, stories that fucked me up as a kid. Like uh, Night of Living... So, by the way... Oh, I love Night of Living I actually have dummy. a really... I, I had a slappy dummy. Sla- like, I loved it so much. Yes. Oh, no, I wait, scared really? the did shit out of really? me too. Yeah, I did. Where is it? I don't have it anymore. Why don't you... Do you know how much it is worth now? It wasn't like actual like Goosebumps license. It was just like a dummy that looked like it. Dude, I'm just saying like that would be insane. And by the way, tune in for the next Mouth Breather podcast because me, Mel, and possibly a guest are going to play Smasher Pass with all the Goosebumps (laughs) This is not related to Goosebumps, but it's related to being scared of really stupid things when you're a kid. And I, it just popped in my head when I was seven, I think, and my brother was nine. He got my aunt 
got him like a Bruce Lee action figure toy and they she was like talking to him about it you know when you're a kid and you hear like one bit of information but then it plugs something else in your head because you're you're trying to rationalize it in your little kid brain. totally I still so do that. she is t- yes you do <laughs> <laughs> you do actually but she was talking to him and was like yeah like i re- i distinctly remember it's my aunt liz and she was like she told him that yeah he didn't just die like in the movie he died in real life like she was telling him the story about how bruce lee died and i thought that she was telling him that bruce lee was like a ghost and that that ghost was in the action figure (laughs) that's what i thought she was telling me Yeah. and all night i was like freaking out because of that action figure and my brother, because he's my older brother, was like chasing me around with it and then put it like underneath my like oh, blanket no. as I was sleeping. And I pulled it out and I was like, ah! and I didn't sleep the rest of the night. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, when I was seven, I was afraid, afraid of, of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so in my notes, personally, that freaked me out the most time. There's also this. We're not going to get into it. Look it up. It's on Netflix. Black Mirror, it's their Christmas episode called White Christmas. They use time in a very scary way. Um, Super fucked up, and I highly recommend it. Another thing that I don't like in literature Mm -hmm. or movies are... So I brought this up to Melanie before we went to the gym. There's a movie called uh, Dear Mr. Gacy, and it's about a, a young boy writing letters and trying to figure out what is going on with John Wayne Gacy. And this well, is, he's trying to be a reporter and he's trying to get an interview with him before he dies. Cause so he, he's cause trying, he's dying like that year. Yeah. Gacy uh, or the kid, John. No. So the Gacy kid is like he's about to be, be executed. Yeah. No, okay. no, no, John Wayne Gacy, say a prison became a New York reporter and he's trying to interview children. <laughs> and he, the he's best trying, crime. He's trying to get an inner, the like, post-execution interview with him. Yeah. And so he goes to some extreme lengths to... So, I have a Gacy story, by and, the way. And, and the kid... Uh, and I, I definitely want to hear it. Um, But the kid, at first, is like, he's a maniac. He's crazy. Like, no, he's the enemy. But over time, over, like, a year, he starts to turn. Because they he start starts, corresponding via letter. Where, yeah, and then like he's, there's like an attraction I'm, that kind of starts. I'm going to look it up. I feel like it might be a true story. I, no, I think it might be. But like it's the fact that like um, it, it's the fear that someone can slowly change your perception over time to a complete opposite polar oh. thing. And like that freaks me out. That like there's it's, a Stephen it, King story then exactly. It, Stephen King pl- pupil. Stephen King plays with that. And also like cult think. Also like definitely plays with that. Like you you think like killing kids is awful, but then if you start talking to the cult members for a year, then you're like, oh the, no, oh, I get no, where no, they're no, coming yeah, from. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like that freaks me out because it's like that's so believable. Like that could happen. Like like no one is safe. No human is safe. From that slow turn of insanity, which is like fucking crazy. Well, especially but, now with like all the 
with everything. Yeah. Social media, Cable like videos. News. And I feel like I'm like talking about like the, the, the horrors of, I love social media. Like I'm a big social media guy, but you, you also have to just admit that like it is everywhere. It yeah. is here. There's like, no escaping. There's it. no escaping it. And like, like you also look at people like even like, on like a political standpoint of like, people are like, Oh, like uh earlier full circle conversation. This dude is like, uh, all races of human or alien species like that that had he didn't he wasn't born thinking that he got taught that and then believed into it like it's crazy like the fact that you can be molded into another person's like message is so creepy and even though the message is totally opposite of your own personality it's so weird. It's interesting with social media because I think a lot of times almost the opposite happens where like if you're on Twitter or something, like you're following a lot of the people who share your beliefs. So it's almost just like an echo chamber of what you and believe already that you become another almost more dangerous thing, by the way. Echo right. chambers are dangerous. But like, like I, hate them. I always wonder like how could somebody change their beliefs so much that like are they following only people they disagree with? And then end up believing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. It's a very real world thing that's going yeah. on, and it freaks me out because it's like we're none of us are safe. Yeah, like you. It's almost like a hive mind, like a invasion, the body snatchers kind of thing, where it's like eventually you're gonna think like the rest of us. Yeah, and it's so creepy, dude, because it's so real. It's so like it could happen. Melanie, how's your research going? Oh, sorry. It's based on a <laughs> memoir. I got I got swept up. You got, I was you like, were, God damn! I it's been a while since I watched this movie. It's a good movie. I forgot about that. It's it's fucked a up. fucked up movie. It's a super fucked up movie. Trigger but, warning. Yeah, but it like I watched it. So funny enough, I was gonna bring this up. Um, when I was a kid, I was horrified of scary movies. Were you horrified of scary movies? As a kid? No, actually, I loved them until I saw one that was like which one? It it, it was the kids movie. Like oh, most oh, perfect, scary movies perfect. didn't scare me, but this kids movie did. That's our Christopher Lloyd of all people. It was a TV movie on like ABC Family called "When Good Ghouls Go Bad," and it was based on an R.L. Stein short story. And it's just like in a Cobra Starship wait. song. <laughs> yeah, but say when good girls go bad. Wait, is it ghouls or ghouls? No, the Cobra Starship. Oh, the song. I don't know. The girls. song. It's girls, right? No shit. They didn't just do a Halloween song. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, it's so hold on. This is an R.L. Wait, hold on. It's an R.L. Stein. Short- it was an R.L. Stein short story, and it was a movie starring Christopher Lloyd about this town that stopped <laughs> celebrating Halloween, but Christopher Lloyd's like family owned the candy factory in town. He's like, no, and Marty, so they went like, Marty. <laughs> they were like, okay, we can't do this candy factory now that we don't do Halloween, um, and. There was, like, a kid at the high school who got killed, like, making, like, pottery and like, the urn. And he was either accidentally locked in the urn or purposely locked in it. But he'd, like, come back. And, like, Curtis oh. Danko was his name. And he looked super creepy. And it just scared the hell out All of me. All right. I'll look it up. So so we have Cat Eyes. Cat's when, Eye. Cat's Eye. And I was fucked up by a lot of movies. I was very... Um, impressionable. I was scared of everything when I was a kid. No, so was I. So my twins... Even still, like, I'm scared of... Sharks that don't go in the ocean. There are some movies that I'll put on. You're like, turn this off. You're like, yeah. I don't want to watch this. I love scary movies. Now as an adult, like I love it. But like when I was a kid, uh, uh-uh. like my so my twin Beth, um, hardcore 
into scary movies. She was watching Halloween at age eight. That was the thing with me. Like I'd seen scarier movies than that, but for whatever reason, that movie do you know scared do, me. Do you know what really got me as a kid? Like my my most terrifying scary movie moment um, was The Grudge when she's when the the chick is running away oh, from the ghost okay. and she's in the elevator and like she she keeps seeing like the yeah the, the camera so she doesn't see it but the ghost boys and on every floor elevators are scary elevators anyway. are terrifying um and when she gets to her floor she runs to her apartment and like everything's acting spooky so she gets in her room and she goes underneath the covers and she uh like puts the covers over then she's like looking around the room and then she feels something beneath the covers. And then she realizes that the ghost is beneath the covers yeah. with her. Like, it is so, it's so fucking, I, when I was a kid, I was terrified. Wait, so Mel, if you're afraid of, like, voyeur things, have you ever seen The Strangers? Uh, yeah. I've Bad seen, like, movie I've seen for the, that I've, yeah. Well, I haven't seen the newer one, but I have seen, like, the newer the one is way one. more slashery than, like, the first one. It's is a little actually, more tame, but it's, yeah. I, it was pretty good, It was good. I it was fun, but, like, the first one is legit yeah, fucking terrifying. Like, the second one, you're like, they're like, all right, we're going to put sugar in this Kool-Aid. Like, <laughs> I, 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 can, I can watch, like, scary stuff. It's just going to fuck me up for a while afterwards because I'm going to be like, like I think the conjuring Jimmy Jimmy made me watch the conjuring I and I was gonna leave I had to work the he next was gonna day. leave and I was like no 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 you can't leave now like you have to spend the night I was with forced me to sleep over because I'm not I can't sleep by myself after watching that's especially not in this apartment like no what's great about the conjuring it. is I think like creepiness affects me more than just like scary so um, like, no, in that so movie, in, like that in, moment ambiance. where like the sheet, yeah, like flies off the clothesline, and it's like for a on, like, second, it's, yeah. a, it's not a jump or scare the either. Girl, like that sat well, with me forever. The girl, Ooh, the girl dude, on yes. top of the wardrobe, yes, all like that, clapping that or whatever. Oh yeah, clapping. Yeah, but I'm glad we all agree that Conjuring is good because me and you disagree in a lot of horror movies. By the way, yes, but Melanie, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, this is a good like segue to that because Jimmy and I were on our way to the ghost tour. And we were talking about movies that scared us. And as we were listening or as we were talking about it, uh, Highway to Hell was on the radio. And I was like, oh, this is like that scene in Final Destination. I forgot. I can't remember which one, but it's the one where she's driving in the log truck like comes undone. The infamous log scene. Oh, whenever I drive behind a truck like that, I think about it. And Jimmy and I were like, that might be the most universally accepted fucked up scene yeah, like we that all, fucks yes. my all shit think about up. it yes everyone who has seen that movie has a the writers twitch. the writers didn't know how There's powerful no that was going to be could no have way. known how like universal none that of scene us do it be. because the rest of the movie like if, if no matter what your opinions are of those movies like that scene is just like it's horrifying. It is so yeah. scary because it's, it's so real. Everybody thinks about that kind of thing when they're driving behind a truck. Yeah, exactly. Like that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a a semi truck or even a pickup truck with just a lot of crap in the back. And You're it's like, like, fuck it, I'm out. And, yeah, I'm out, baby. And I was like, it's that one part where the the guy looks up and the log just comes and smashes his face in. Dude, and you it's see, crazy. Like, the whole thing. And you're like, oh. Funny enough, my big scary movie as a kid was Hollow Man. I was I've never ho- seen that. Horrified of Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. 
It was oh, terrible. I like Kevin Bacon. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that was my big scary movie. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen that. It's bad. Now. I thought you were talking about Wicker Man. Oh, oh which one? No, the the, f- the first one. The seventy three one. I haven't trippy seen trippy but good. No, seventy three was because that's folk horror, and I love. I folk haven't horror seen the a um, lot. The Nicholas Cage yeah, fun bad. Fun bad when he's a bear and he punches that yeah. chick in the face. The best part. <laughs> that's a cinema history thing. Like that's the best thing ever. Um, but the nineteen seventy three version is so good. Highly recommend. Um, but I, but did you like Midsummer? Okay, because I was, was like, oh, this is. I was like, this is a remake of The Wicker Man. It is. It's, yeah, it wasn't scary though. No, it was trippy. Exactly. Yeah, it was trippy, trippy, freaky, not scary. I was like, this is good, and I would like it more if I had never seen The Wicker Man. Have but you because seen, I've seen The Wicker Man, I'm like, oh, this is a remake. Have of you that. seen The Witch? I love The Vivitch. The Vivitch. Yeah. I kind of want Mel to see it, but I, I don't know if Mel would fare. She gets really spooked quick. and I would watch it. It's good. I think you'd like it. I've watched stuff. See, because here's my thing. Edgar's is weird. I, I Yes, he is. He's very but, weird. Um, yeah, we watched The Norseman, which we liked, but we were like, eh, What was that, up. though? Did you watch The Northman? Not yet. You would dig it. I'm not joking. It's not scary, though. It's it's an epic. It's an action epic. We don't have to. We won't ruin it. But, um, like, I can watch them because I am into, like, what's weird about it is I I read about, like, spooky stuff all of the I time. I know. You read about real stuff, too, if you're doing, like, true crime. Well, right. Like, that's she, worse. She's a true, like, th- this is what bothers me. I can that, like, read it. I'm I can research it. It fascinates me but the second it's on screen you're like i can't like, watch no. it happen it's too it's too much i'm too much of a part of it then it's Can you like, do why like dateline everyone, or 48 hours oh, or anything like that all of it she lives on dateline i love it but i think it's because dateline doesn't do like reenactments so it's like well not i guess they do but not, i feel like not I feel, like, I feel like visually way. you're like a very visual person so when you're seeing it happening visually in like a real it makes space it too real for me it makes it too it's why real for everyone you. is like everyone is like um you have to watch Dahmer and I'm like I can't, can't. do it yeah I, I don't know that do I need it. to see it's that it's too much for me I'm here he's for it too, I'm like let's go he's too much like I don't even like reading about Dahmer like I have but it's too upsetting well, it's, it's so like, like it's so fucked up and heavy yeah and it's people are like oh he just you know he had a traumatic childhood and i'm like not not really not really his parents just divorced like he had a loving mother he had a loving father his dad tried to do a lot for like victims and noticing like serial killers after the fact like how parents should notice things with their children took a lot of flack for that shit yeah and Mike has to pay. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like you, I shouldn't like speculate on what happens behind closed doors. But like by all accounts, it seems like his parents did the best that they could raising him. No, like agreed. Like you, you can. Never and I know. don't appreciate people being like, oh, his parents like or maybe he was molested. It's like, well, maybe. But I don't think the parents did it. No, it's like a lot of times I almost feel bad for like. Now, it, like, it's weird because, like, in the, like, 
eighties, like there was like all these serial killers, but like now it's mass shooters, and it's like, dude, sometimes yes. you almost feel bad for their parents because it's like they may not have done anything wrong, but dude. they have to live with the fact that they raised a a mass murderer. I yeah. couldn't agree fucking more. I thought about that so many times, where I'm like, it, back in the fucking like seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever, it's all about like fucking serial killers but now people are like these mass shooters and it's like a different category but i'm like no it's the same fucking thing but in less time like like for real dude oh my god i can't believe you just said that because i am like i sound like a fucking like like dude seriously like like but i've thought about that like several times where i'm like that is a real fucking thought but yeah any whoosie what's it's but um I mean, you do kind of have to, well, I guess this is like a hot take, but like I sort of respect when they come out with it, like Sue Klebold's, whose son Dylan was one of the Columbine shootings. Like she got a lot of shit for giving a TED talk, but like it is an important thing, I think, for parents to, you know, when when your child does that, I do think it is an important thing for you to turn around and be like, were there signs? I don't know. I didn't notice them, but here are the ones like that I have noticed now that they know now so that parents can better their awareness of their children. And it could save a lot of lives. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, there's, there's a movie called, um, Oh God. It's like, we need to talk about Ryan or something. Oh, Kevin with John Kevin. C. Riley. We need to talk about Kevin, and it's John C. Riley. Oh and, shit, that's um, a fucked up movie. <laughs> yeah, I've and seen Tilda it, Swinton dude. and she, she, her son, commits like a massacre with a bow and arrow. But like that's he has rough. to go to therapy about it and shit, right? No, well, I, what a way to do it. It's. It's you there, so orc. <laughs> like so medieval. Frodo. <laughs> it's a good movie, but it's fucked up. So it's pretty fucked up. Sorry, but um, no. The only last thing I have in my notes is uh, for as far as uh things that freak me out in watching movies is uh making sex scary. Like making honestly, the one movie that comes to mind is Splice. Oh, making sex scary though it's so fucked up that's why like that i think that's why it works though i didn't know what that movie was when i watched it have you seen splice mike no i haven't oh god like kind of like do it but don't like it's a really fucked up Who fucking it? movie it's like um, adrian brody adrian and Bro- um brody and, is it amy adams yes i think so Ugh. <laughs> two what, people what, i mike? don't like why don't you like adrian brody I don't know. He just seems like of his nose, Mike. Full of himself. His fucking nose. Hey, let, whoa. Okay, his accent in Predator Three is horrendous. It's it's actually terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. Like I uh, like he lost a lot of respect just for that movie. From that, <laughs> no. Have you seen? Wait, have you seen the new Predator movie with uh, Jordan? Uh, wait, Prey. No, no, no. no Prey is great. Prey is awesome. Prey is. If you haven't amazing. seen Prey, go watch it right now. Go watch I Prey. actually agree, and I'm not a huge fan of the Predator movies. Prey but. is a phenomenal movie. So good, but we loved um, it. We loved. We watched it. it on like a lazy Sunday. Yeah, too, we're, and, and we were like, like, "This is the this best, is the decision. best this thing is so we ever good. did." 
No, um, no, but no, but uh, Adrian Brody was in another good Predator movie. The the one after that called Predators. I haven't watched that one. Or so Predators, bad. Predators. That's one where they're on like they end up on the other planet, right? No, no, that's no, that's Adrian Brody. Right. No, Predators is when they're back on Earth and they make autism like a superpower and like it's bad. It's bad. No, I haven't seen that. No, one. it's all bad. Like the movie's bad. Like it's. I I'm not joking. I didn't know that Splice was like. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, good take. I thought I see. It, well, because there's also a, a thing with Guillermo del Toro, and I was like, I didn't know that. I would love if Guillermo del Toro did it. I probably love it even more. But Splice is fucked up. I actually don't think that Amy Adams is in Splice. It's no, it, it's a chick that looks like Amy Adams. Yeah, it's Aldi brand. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Oh, Julian Moore. Aldi. Aldi Adams. No. <laughs> that was me. No, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> No, um, basically, it, it is one of the most, um, uh, I'm not joking. Like, don't watch it. Like, it, it's got a big, bad, uh, R-worded scene in it. But, like, it's, dude, it's brutal. It's, like, it's, like, basically these. This movie where, like, aliens rape people or something, right? No, they, they it's, like, they try to well, no, make he, a he, human He's, he's not wrong. Like, though. the end is that, like. Well, yeah, I guess, but, like. It's, it's it's bad, dude. It's, it's all like a bad. Human animal hybrid. There, there's no payoff. There's absolutely. It's all. It, di- the whole it, it's thing all is discomfort. Dark. There's no redemption. There's no redemption. It's all discomfort. There's no payoff. It's all fucked up. It's all. I watched it. It starts and, out fucked up. It ends. Ends fucked, fucked up. up. Like I literally watched it and I took the DVD and I threw it away. I was like, I don't have to see. I love that kind of horror. It's so unsettling. Like it's Pet Cemetery the- or Disappearance no, at Devil's no, Rock by dude, Paul Tremblay, no, just so I, unsettling I've and gut wrenching. I've seen these though, and you and I can still watch Pet Cemetery. I can't watch. Splice this is like again. within the same vein as like Human Centipede. Yes. I, oh, see, no, that, no, 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 never I mind. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's, that's not. It's, no, it, thanks. It, it's not that you could watch it, and you're not going to get as such uh, this role. <laughs> Although I will say, and I've not seen it. But the idea that the writers of Human Centipede decided to make a sequel and the plot of that sequel is that some psycho watched Human Centipede. Yeah. One oh, yeah. And, and, then, then and then he did it. decided to do it himself. Have you heard about the, 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 the third movie? Is that someone watching Human Centipede 2? No, it's it's about a no, close um, a prison warden decided to watch Human Centipede and he makes all the prisoners all 1,000 prisoners make a human centipede. That's very Wes Craven-ish. It it's is. Like no, we're no, take... no, no. It's very Rob Zombie-ish, in my opinion. But, like, opinion. the meta... The, the meta-ness yeah. of it. Like, hey, I, I saw the first I one. Give, now I'm going to do it. Like, I give, that's very Scream 2 or I give New very, Nightmare. I give a lot of... I give a lot more credit to Wes Craven because he made... Oh, night, yeah. Cause he, because he made Nightmare. But, like, like it's very Rob... It The, the horror is very Rob Zombie-ish. Where I'm like, dude, fuck that. I don't want to watch it. But like, I like yeah. the idea, but the execution is probably no. Very, yeah, well, like, I mean, because oh, no, full circle, full circle conversation. No one wants sex and horror to be in the same thing. It's very fucked up. It's very the sex can be scary. Sex can be scary, especially those who don't have it. That's why you should okay, all like Gerald's game. Oh, oh my yep. God! You haven't watched it. I read the book. No, but you didn't watch it. 
Oh my god! I discussed this. Have you I seen the movie? I can't watch it. Yet, watch no, it. Mike, you haven't seen it. No, not yet. Oh my god! And I love Mike Flanagan, Dude. except for Bly Manor. That sucked. No, um, uh, that was a chore. The what's the first show that he did? Hill House. Like, Hill House is great. Hill House, Midnight Mass, Doctor Sleep. Oh, what a great movie! I still have to watch Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep's really good. There's one thing I would have changed. I thought he was going to kind of fix the ending to Kubrick Shining to make it more like but the he probably of Kings, didn't. but he didn't. It's all right. But, like, dude, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, if you make sex and horror, that's a really, that's a powerful combo. Like Teeth or something? No. Or what's that movie with Patrick, um, the guy, the Patrick guy from The Conjuring, um, and now Elliot Page, um, uh, Hard Candy. Hard Candy, yeah. yeah. No, a lot of people, like, I freaked about Hard Candy, but, like, you're right, though, like, like, I feel like people, some. I feel like it's too powerful to make sex and horror in the same category because people don't want to see it. Because that, because once again, as we like full circle conversation, like sex is very like powerful emotion, and yet and it has to be like like retrospected in the same kind of category of like positivity. Well, it's so personal. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at my. This is the second time. I'm laughing at my own brain because you were talking about sex and horror, but. Then you said the movie Hard Candy, and my brain automatically started singing Sex and Candy by Mercy Playground. <laughs> I want to look the lollipop. There's a different song, but it's a totally different song. Totally different yeah. song. No, Hanging but around. no, but like I mean, those are the big three things. Like is time and ways that people can turn your mind against you, and sex. Like I, I think sex and horror is a very potent potion. It's a, and I feel like there's a reason why a lot of people do it because they know it's too potent. Well, it's also sort of realistic. Most people that are serial killers going, have a sexual sadist. Yeah, and also people have gone through like sexual like assault and stuff. Like that is their own horror. It's hardest. I think that's very hard to read because people have gone through things that are traumatizing. Exactly. Totally. But it's also, um. It's so personal. I think when horror is per- horror and comedy are like your two most personal exactly things. Totally, and like um, everybody laughs at things that are different. Everybody's scared of things that are different. I and, think I think horror and comedy are the two polar opposites yeah. of human emotion. And because they're both so personal, and sex is a very personal thing. Like I think it's kind of ripe for horror, but it's also and comedy, but it's also like. I feel like that's also it's also very triggering, but like so like personally, my favorite scary movie, my number one, is The Thing, and some people could also be like Alien. I feel like Alien and The Thing are very similar because The Thing, and I'm going to talk more about it because like I watch it so many more times. The Thing takes apart your identity through a physical action of like becoming you. Which you could agree is weirdly sexual. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it is a weirdly intimate thing that this this alien is now taking you, yeah. morphing you, and now becoming its own thing. Well, I, I to build on that, I think that there's something that is very like terrorizing about like it's a terrorizing idea that the thing does really well and also like this is what used to scare me about like the idea of like a zombie apocalypse as well it's like horror proximity like the thing that is 
hunting you is something close to you. Like in the first wave, like you like know, the it. thing was like, these are your friends. These are yeah, people exactly. you work with. You trust in the them. first wave of a zombie apocalypse. The people that are infected first that you notice first are your friends, neighbors. Like I used to have this reoccurring nightmare that a zombie apocalypse hit at night and my parents and sisters and brother got it first and I woke up and that they were at the end of my bed. You well, never it's like a- most murders are domestic in some way. Like they're exactly. usually done by someone you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you never want to be the last person. The killer is close to you. Yeah. No, but like uh oh yeah, that's that's basically like my ABCs of horror is right there. It's like ba- uh making like changing your mind, time and sex. Like personally me. Like those are the three things that really kind of fuck me up. Of like if you're if you're gonna make them scary, like don't make those scary, you know. <laughs> you're an indecisive, chronically late virgin. <laughs> <laughs> a therapist would love oh to get my you on God. Their couch. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> It's Two good. of those things are true. They, no, yeah. I'm not a virgin. <laughs> Am I? But anyway, um, Mike, we're going to end tonight's episode with... Uh, Before we do that, can I actually ask you guys a question? Yeah, like, I want to ask Mike, you guys please. like some of your writing influences, especially this is especially you, Matt. Like who are some people like when you like you read, like you are very affected mm. by them. Okay. Well, there there are like sort of different genres for that. Um, I would say anything like I I have been very into like Stephen King as of late. Like I'm I'm sort of like catching up with things that I I feel like he came, like he came on my radar late as far as like reading it. Like I was always around it. My dad reads a lot of Stephen King. My dad reads a lot in general. Um, but I didn't really start reading his stuff until I was like, I read it when I was in high school. And then after that, I didn't really read much after that. But then I got like late, like I read Firestarter, Tommy Knockers, um, Carrie, and they're like Gerald, Gerald's game. And then there are like more that are on my list, but if I'm if I'm talking about like um, like more journalism based, like Ronan Farrow is like oh, okay. a great one for me. Like I just like the way that he writes. Like I um, ca- like Catch and Kill was like a good one. That's about him breaking the Harvey Weinstein scandal, and it's it's a little bit like memoir too. I've been reading a lot of memoirs lately um, because we're. I'm I don't typically like to write about myself, but it's like a practice that they're kind of instilling in, with like in my classes right now because they're like, well, that's something you're always going to have material to write about. Um, so I've been reading a lot of like memoir styled books lately. Um, one of my favorite like examples of all time is actually um the book I'll Be Gone with the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Oh, uh, she's posthumous, yeah, right? posthumously um, 
published by Patton Oswald and the Golden State Killers. Yeah, it? well, because she she was pretty instrumental in cracking that case because she had information that a lot of the precincts in California didn't have access to because no one wanted to share their information. That's like I could talk a lot about that subject. That's something that comes up a lot in cold cases that police forces don't want to share their information because they a they don't always know like who they're talking to and they don't want to like leak anything that might compromise a case but also there's like ego and stuff involved but basically like what she was able to do was she had like the journalist like credibility and she gained the trust of these like cold case investigators and then she would go well I have information that you can't get to because I'm talking to this person so if you trade me information I'll tell you what I know and she basically like linked all these different precincts together and then that's they awesome. were able to build off of that. And so that's what that book is like kind of about is her like going out and seeing these sites and and also like linking like the Golden State Killer and the East Area Rapist. Like they might not have ever found out that it was the same person if not for this book it's and insane. her research. Yeah. That's it like it's interesting too because like you talk about Stephen King and then Michelle McNamara and it's like like for me like Stephen King, Paul Tremblay, Shirley Jackson, like those are mm-hmm. like my big like fiction people. Mm-hmm. But like like at the same time like John Stewart, like I've never read anything by John Stewart, but just like watching his show and seeing like the way he forms an argument and like that it should have a point. Like, yeah. whatever you're trying to say, like, what are you trying to say? And, like, that's always had kind of, like, a big effect on he me. He writes like he talks. Yes. You can pull it out. I think a lot of comedians do that. Like, Tina Fey, I can pick her writing out because it's like, oh, she, that's how she talks. Like, that's, you know, literally, like, it sounds like her um, off the page or, you know, Chelsea Handler's books are always really entertaining but i kind of like it's like reading a greeting card sometimes but it's like a really trashy one but you're you're just like oh that's like a for fun read um what about you jimmy (laughs) as far as what books do you read um except for the four that you listed (laughs) and uh i think the most horrifying book ever is dr seuss uh green eggs and ham why won't he give it up those well, why are they green? Why are they green? Because of human flesh. <laughs> why are so they green? Sam is a murderer. <laughs> He's a goddamn killer. Sam is Hannibal Lecter. Essentially, Soylent Green is people. Soylent Green is people. It's essentially what he was trying to make out that in the beginning. Movie. Silence of the Lambs is what made me go vegetarian for four years. I love it. The book is. Have you ever read the book? I haven't, but that's so, I know. That Red Dragon to oh. So here we're got, we're gonna end tonight's segment with uh, Mike. What's eating you right now? Hannibal uh, <laughs> Lecter. What's be, eating you? Hannibal <laughs> Lecter. Sorry, uh, Mike Lockrin. <laughs> what's eating you right uh, now? Just people who overshare. Like there's just things I don't. I have a lot of people lately who overshare, and there's things that. I don't want to know. or We're not close enough for you to tell me that. My boner is only three feet tall. That would be one thing. <laughs> I had a coworker recently tell me about like how they shit their pants. And I was like, I didn't, 
I didn't need to know that. <laughs> we weren't having a conversation that had anything to do with that. Why are you telling me about this? Or like, I'm having a hard time not laughing at you right now. <laughs> Wait, they were serious. They weren't. Oh yeah, no. Like they, they were talking about how sick. It was like a cry for help, kind of. No, like... it's just like we were like getting ready to go, and they were like, today. I stopped in to go to the bathroom because I really had to go and I didn't think I was going to make it home. And I got to the bathroom, but my guy shit in my pants. And I was like, <laughs> Are you okay? Okay. Like, <laughs> all right, buddy. Like, I didn't know. Like, I don't think I said anything. I was just like, Oh, I'm going to clock out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sounds Dude, like you I'm had glad a you're better now. Day. You know, yeah. Can, like, can I tell one funny story before we end tonight's show? Um, so there's this kid in Carbondale, and he was like not really hitting it high with the ladies, and hmm. it was a freshman, and he was like, "I'm not gonna get with anybody." I'm like, "No, just stay true, like whatever." And then he was a sophomore, and then like he went over to like summer camp. He grew up. He got some muscles. And I'm just like, dude, like, dude, you should like go out and like talk to chicks, man. Like you're like, you're better now. Like, you're better now. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> you're and better. you're a better man now <laughs> from a year ago. And, um, he met this girl at a party and it was great. And she lived in like this weird, like condominium, like a uh, dormitory thing where like she was living with like four other chicks and um um and so he was going and he was like he i was like his dude like i was his guy like i told him like hey like fucking go for it man and like i was i was a little older than him and he was like uh i could i he had to use the bathroom and then he went to the bathroom and then he was like dude stinks in here and he texted me that and he was like it stinks in here and i'm like dude um, do you have a lighter? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, light on fire. And, you know, it'll be fine. And then so he goes and he texts me back. He's like, it's so much worse. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, because like, I, I took the lighter and I took it in my pocket. Then I wiped my ass and I lit the toilet paper on fire. And... Dude, he did uh, not. The, the did. He, used? he lit his dookie on fire. He, t- he took the toilet paper that he's about to wipe his ass with, and then he lit on fire, and it hit the dookie particles, and it made it a flame. And he's like, "It smells so bad in here." And I literally texted him, "Abort, abort, abort." <laughs> Who thinks <laughs> their own shit smells bad, dude? Like, burnt shit, dude. Like it was, but terrible. like beforehand, like. Like, I know other people won't enjoy this, but, but it's not so Mike, bad like, for me. What, what if she was, like, really... Mike basks in his ambiance. Like, <laughs> I'm going home. Newsflash, you're kidding yourself. It smells like shit. No, but, like, he did that, and it was horrible. And I was, like, a bit... Like, dude, fucking bail. You can hear the fucking train right now. Hey, it's the Metro. Hey, it's the Metro. I can't believe it. That's fucking... This is late. That's ridiculous. It's late. Oh, wait. Wait, the train or the poop? The poop. The poop. How are you that stupid? Like, how is that kid in college? He was a virgin, which is fine if you are. No, you don't. Just listen. 
But There's a lot of intelligent virgins, okay? You're not going to light your shit on fire. Like, that's bullshit. This shit is on fire. He, I think he, like, mistaken. Don't put it out with your boot stacks. <laughs> don't put it out with your boot stacks. But, like, whatever. No, I said don't put it out with your boots, Dad. It's from Billy Madison. Oh, my and he's bad. like, call the fire department. <laughs> this one's out of control. I'm sorry. Don't put it out with your boots, Dad. But anyway, Mike, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. Dude. I'll come back anytime. This was so much fun. This was a good time. Mm -hmm. I'm very drunk. This was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little toasty-woasty. That's all right. But anyway, um, don't forget. So, Mike, do you have anything to plug? Like. Are no, because I don't ever publish anything, so I'm always just... God damn it! If I ever start publishing something, I'll come back and plug it. No, you should. The second you do, come on. Or we'll just, we'll just replay that sound blurp and be like, here it is. Here's there we the go. link. I've always wanted to start a website of Muppet fan fiction where I just take classic stories and rewrite right, them fine. with the Muppets. Really quick, really quick. Like, Don't think about it too much. Um... The prompt is, it's a Muppet movie, but one character from the original movie is their own character, but the rest are Muppets. Mine is Schindler's List, Liam Neeson, but the rest of everyone is Muppets. Um, no Country for Old Men. We leave Tom... I, most people would leave um, Javier um, Bardem. Yes. I would leave Tommy Lee Jones, because I think he'd be totally ab- annoyed with the Muppets, yes. and that would be more entertaining. That'd be way more entertaining. Melanie, go. It's it's splice, but it's beaker and miss. Oh man! No! no! <laughs> Who's left? Who's the person? Gonzo. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh. you need an original actor. Wait, who's the original? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were completely no, redoing the film. No, with the mic. You, you need one. Is Adrian so, Brody? I meant, I fucked up. I thought that the characters from the Muppets no, were going to take over as the characters. No, they from do, the but thing. you leave one human. You leave one human. Like Michael Caine in A Christmas Story. Yeah, exactly. Or okay. Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, I think I'd leave Adrian Brody. He's fucking like the fucking Muppet <laughs> fucking splice alien. Well, in my. Well, <laughs> no, be- with the Beaker, pigtails? I guess. Uh, I don't remember. I know you're talking about the, that. One. The groupie chick one. Yeah, from uh, fucking Doctor T. But the one with like that doesn't have like it's bangs and pigtails and she doesn't really have like. That would be scary. That'd be so scary. That'd be rapey or or, or animal and Adrian Brody. <laughs> Dude, the no alien, animal the is Dren. Yeah. Dren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but say the animal <laughs> is the alien. But like whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for listening to Mouthbreed Podcast. Episode ninety-seven. Three more episodes to episode one hundred. We're episode uh, season five, episode thirteen. And Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Ooh, for having me. Uh, unlucky, lucky number thirteen. Ooh, Ooh Halloween! I'm gonna die on the way home. No, we're no. Gonna... What did we say? <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault. We're gonna have more spooky episodes for the month of October. I'm really excited. I'm gonna add this ASAP because I really want more shit like this. But uh, once again, Mike, dude, Mike Locker, you have an Instagram or anything like that? No, like, um, you don't want to follow my Twitter. <laughs> um, it's just me complaining about the White Sox. So I you know don't they're terrible. But um, if there is yeah. a book, we'll be the first people to know about it. Perfect. And I will love to advertise it because we love you. I love you. Anyway, Melanie, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And 
<laughs> I live here, but uh, anything else, Mel? I I think you should move out. Yeah, anyway, Mike grabbed my couch, and this is Mop Either Podcast Season 5, Episode 13 woo, of Spooky Season. Um, my name is Jim. And I'm Mel. I'm Mike. And don't forget to pod on, and don't forget to share, like, and subscribe, and uh, talk some stupid you friends sometime. But anyway, y'all be good people. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. You can't move out because I'm scared. We talked about spooky shit. I feel like I finally got my white person card. Like, I'm 31 years old and I finally appeared on a podcast. So, like, I'm officially a white man. <laughs> <laughs>